The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM. And Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Got a lot of great stuff right now on our YouTube channel at Pirate Radio TV, including this show, The Brian Bailey Show, Pirate Radio Trivia, post-practice comments. We got Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, also blake harrell where you can watch those interviews and videos in their entirety so we got a ton going on right now at our youtube page make sure you check that out and you can chime in on today's show right there on facebook live or give us a call 317-1250 chime in on twitter and be a part of the program all right big football show on tab tony dunn county cat chronicles.com is here to talk nfl in hour number one we will talk some pirate football in hour number two with Morgan Ayler, some high school football as well, as he's got another edition of the High School Huddle coming up tonight at 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. And in hour three of today's show, the color analyst on the Pirates IMG Sports Network, Kevin Monroe, former ECU defensive back, will join us. We will talk to Kevin uh, about this offseason and gearing up for East Carolina and Appalachian State, which is now just six days away. We are inside of a week from kicking things off at Bank of America Stadium. We will also talk to Mark Greenhelge today because Harold Varner III is trying to make it to the final playoff tournament of the season, uh, the FedEx Championship. And to do that, he is going to have to be in the top 30 uh rankings on the pga tour and currently harold varner the third after a really good thursday is one under today through 10 six under for the tournament that puts him tied for 19th and uh that puts him let's see 15 in the leader well back he is uh nine back of the leader but man he's playing some good golf it might be too little too late as i'll take a look at the live uh, FedEx Cup standing. So this is like, if the tournament ended today, where would Harold Varner III be ranked? Last time we looked at this, it was 32, which would have really uh, been a a kick in the uh, the you-know-what. But 49th right now is where he's projected to be in the rankings. Again, you have to be top 30 to make it <clears throat> to next week's tour championship. So we'll get an update with uh, Greeny coming up in hour two of today's show and uh, keep you updated on hv3 all right uh chandler honeycutt is here hello chandler 
What's up, Clipper? What's up? All right. Shirley's here as well. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Clip. Uh, good to see you folks. And Tony Dunn. Clippers, how's it going, my man? Going good. Hair, uh, I don't know. You kind of you got a little lazy with it today, I got to say. Really? I, I kind of like <laughs> I like the uh, the curly, the uh, flowy. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Really? I got you. He likes the, uh, what was it, the easy E look. Yeah, yeah. a little, little froish. Yeah. Froey. Uh, but no, looking good, feeling good. Now I'm here, Clip, to pump you up, man. We were sitting here watching this soccer game, and I got to tell you, soccer makes me sleepy. It makes me sleepy, and you were sleepy too. And I'm here. I'm bringing the pregame show right now. I want to pump you up. You're right. We should turn it to uh, something else. Uh, so the we, most expi- exciting game, baseball. <laughs> uh, I have a plan, Tony, for our next two weeks. Uh, next week, we'll do our division winners, playoff teams, all Super right. Bowl, all that. In two weeks... We'll have our first Friday pickoff. Our pick. We'll be picking games in two oh, weeks. Man. You know, it feels so close. Bring the sheets so, out, baby. So far away. Do they usually have this bye week? No. Uh, well, usually there's four preseason weeks. Last so year, they just eliminated that and then kept the start date as normal. Uh, but then added a game. Huh. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know how this, the calendar works with it. I just know that this is the first time they have had no preseason football like leading right into right week yeah one. it seems so close but yet so far away that it does and uh, as we said leading up to this tony i'm about tired of the talk i'm kind of ready for some games and uh there will be some games tomorrow we will and talk tonight about it in a moment yeah and tonight all right uh we got our hv3 update in and once again we are six days away from ecu appalachian state we'll be with you next thursday uh, at 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff. And uh, the game starts at 7.30. We'll be with you after the game. Myself, Billy Weaver, and our crew here at Pirate Radio on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. So we've got uh, that on the way on Thursday. Next Friday, we'll recap the game with uh, Rick Smith, Morgan Aylers, our Friday guest. And, of course, Tony Dunn will be here talking NFL. So football Friday shows uh, here until the end of the calendar year and beyond. Let's do it. Going on into February and, I guess, early March. So we are very, very excited about that. We will have uh, comments from Blake Harrell and Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, coming up later on in today's show so we got some ecu football talk to get to later on in the program all right tony do do you know there's real football tomorrow college football yeah who's playing see that this is uh it goes under the radar and maybe for good reason there aren't some great there aren't great games or anything but it's it's called week zero tony like ground zero <laughs> before <coughs> week one there is week zero week zero is zero a number isn't it the absence of numbers? Like yeah, zero like, is like absent. It's nothing. Wow. I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> wow. I like how his brain really is cooking right now. <laughs> I, the absence of numbers. In this hand, I have one pen. Yeah. In this hand, I have, I have zero nothing. pens. Yeah. Can you take away zero from anything? I say no, but damn, in math, growing up in school, you sure can. Because we got into negatives. Yeah, well, then you're taking more than zero away. I don't know. (laughs) Let's let's move on. I'm getting scared. My brain can't handle this kind of of stuff. It's true. Uh, Week zero, Tony, tomorrow, Nebraska-Illinois would be the best, I guess, name matchup. Uh, One o'clock. When is Nebraska ever going to be good again? 
that is a good question that is what nebraska are asking uh fans are asking themselves right now with scott frost who was their quarterback when they were good um is now their head coach and they're wondering if they made a mistake hiring him and they're also leaking information about bad dealings right aren't they trying wasn't i listening to you and the big dog the other day <laughs> talking about how Glenn, they were the ones. Well, this was brilliant. On Glenn's got a conspiracy theory that like they uh, that are, they're the ones putting the info out. Yeah, trying to get rid of their their coach. That's awesome. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois at one o'clock. UConn, Fresno State at two o'clock. Hawaii, UCLA at three thirty. UTEP, New Mexico State nine thirty, and Southern Utah. San how Jose can we State watch these games? Uh, Fox, CBS Sports, ESPN, CBS Sports, and then there's one crazy one that I don't think we're going to be able to get. Which one's that? Uh, UTEP, New Mexico State says it's on Bally Sports oh. Arizona. Oh yeah, because we get Bally Sports South here. KVIA and Flow Football. Flow Football. Excuse me, Flow. Uh, college game day is coming on tomorrow because there is a SWAC game uh, that they will be at, and I need to find uh, what game that is. So give me one moment, and I will. What is the SWAC out. game? The Southwestern like Athletic Conference. Okay. Uh, college game day. They're going to be down in Hotlanta, and they are coming to your city. Do they still use that song? I don't know. <laughs> I do remember that song, though. To y'all said hi. To y'all said hey. Uh, North Carolina Central and Alcorn State, 7 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN. So, Tony, you're around the house. You get in from the pool. You're grabbing uh, some great bread that you cooked earlier in the day. <laughs> do you do that anymore, Tony? No, Losing all bread, that weight? The bread yeah, maker? Gotta go. Yeah, I've cut back. <laughs> <laughs> you got new hobbies? Um, but, yeah, football will be on yeah it's good right i can't wait all right good i feel like i'm like an advocate or like you're I'm, trying to get people to watch football i've right talked now. about week zero way too much at this point i feel like i'm i should be on the payroll getting people to watch these you've talked games. about it more than zero that's for sure that is true. <laughs> i've given it a big number uh way, way higher than zero so anyway I'm, I'm excited about it i'll be watching nebraska illinois coming up tomorrow um uh, zero can be used to specify quantity, so it's a number, according to Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a number, but it, no, nothing exists either. It's a quantity of zero. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, it's a numeral. How about that? We'll give it a, it's a numeral. Brennan asks, is anyone else extremely concerned about realignment? It's starting to not look good for ECU and the AAC. Uh, yes, Brennan, answer your question. I am concerned now that the pac 12 big 10 acc looks like they're going to stand pat um so i am concerned about the big 12 rating the american but i am concerned about a lot of things um like what's going on with the quarterback in other, situation <laughs> in other countries um covid how we should be concerned and the smaller schools should be concerned because so much of they've sunk so much money into these athletic programs and to then have those programs being like uh, hamstrung by the very leagues that they're in it is kind of problematic at least monetarily well my whole point is i'm concerned but i don't 
there's nothing I can do about it, and I'm more focused on the game on the field, uh, kind of a smaller picture than a bigger picture. Right now we're concerned athletics. as ECU Pirate fans about winning. Yeah, beating Appalachian State yeah, on Thursday. That's what I'm concerned about. What's but, the line on that now? That uh, 10, 10, 10 and a half. Okay. Something like that. So, uh, But, yeah, Brendan, I am concerned. I just don't have a lot of thoughts on it because I don't know what the move could be for our, the AAC and for us to – not be concerned about it so either way uh ecu will be playing athletics on into the future it's just a matter of who will they be playing against in their conference and what will their conference be and what would their conference look like i don't know hey maybe it stays the same maybe it gets better maybe we align with the big 12 maybe you shouldn't be concerned at all there you go all right uh what is next on the rundown finding nemo Mm, tell me why we should be talking about this. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. You've never seen Finding Nemo? I don't think so. Oh, man. Yeah. It was never... Uh, I've seen Frozen a lot. <laughs> I've seen Cars. I, like, Nemo was in between. In between when you had kid before you had kids. And it, it too was... Too late for you to be a kid. And I had a sister who, uh, who was four years younger than me. So, like, Beauty and the Beast, Lion yeah. King, Little Mermaid, her. all that stuff. You had a similar... Toy, Toy Story is probably right when we were getting out of the game. And you're right. I didn't see that till well later uh, at, after This that is how out. SpongeBob was for me. Is Everybody in the world has seen SpongeBob. Yep. And, that was right uh, in our middle. What are these other things? What's the thing they go around with the little game and they go find these things? Pokemon. Pokemon. Uh, that was, Pokemon Go. Yeah, these two. those two things were in that dead zone for us correct or for me anyway i remember like babysitting my girlfriend at the time we were babysitting your girlfriend girlfriend? that is weird (laughs) holy cow (laughs) my girlfriend and i were babysitting somebody called social services (laughs) we were babysitting jennifer's nephews okay and spongebob was on because they were all it was three boys and they all loved it and that show is legitimately hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like I was cracking it up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, now I see why this is so popular. That's what happens when you smoke meth and write <laughs> cartoons. Oh, I thought you were saying I smoke <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, geez. <laughs> no, not you. Somebody out you there. You are like, already with baby, <laughs> dating your baby, your kid you were babysitting. That's already bad enough. Somebody out there thinks I was smoking meth, babysitting my girlfriend. <laughs> Watching SpongeBob <laughs> to top it all. They got this whole story confused. It's not like that. It's not like that. Well, so why are we talking about Finding Nemo? Because new ECU running back commit Nemo Squire uh, has landed. We uh, found him. He has a 3.98 GPA, so he's a smart Smarty kid. Smarty pants. Wow. Works in a ministry that assists the homeless. <laughs> Good person. Uh, Good kid. He won the Bridge Builder Excellence Award from the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame this year. He builds bridges? He does everything, that folks. That is awesome. And his name is... It's Squire. Nemo Squire. It kind of sounds like... Quate Schmeyer. <laughs> Nemo Squire. <laughs> Does it sound like Quate Smire to you, Chandler? Oh. It does. It sounds like you say Quate Smire, I'll say Nemo Squire. Quate Smire. Ready? ready? One. Quate Smire. Three. Click. Okay, you ready? One, One two. Quate Smire. Squire. All right, Quate no, on, on three. We'll do it on three. One. Quate Smire. <laughs> I'm just screwing with Quate Chandler. Smire. Quate Smire. Nemo Squire. Nemo Squire. What a name, Tony Dunn. I love a good name in recruiting. 
And this guy's a stud. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the one of the best names I've ever heard in football. It's uh, it's up there with Roosevelt Potts. Uh, I mean, Roosevelt Potts, is that a real name? <laughs> yeah, he was a fullback in okay. the 90s. I just can't wait until Chandler gets on the call and he goes, uh, Holt Naylor's out, out of the shotgun. Finds Nemo Squire down the sideline. Nemo ah. Squire. Squire. Nemo Squire. Chandler, what are you doing here today? You got football tonight. Not so fast, my friend. We're still battling this COVID pandemic. Ah. And uh, Whiteville's opponent, West Brunswick, uh, caught the bug. And so they were forced to cancel this game. But they have added a game September 24th, which is my birthday. And they will be... <laughs> Uh, traveling across state lines to Ainer, South Carolina. Hmm. I feel like Ainer. you shouldn't be able to say that on the internet. Ainer? Spell that? Ainer? A-Y-N-O-R. Ainer. Okay. All right. Uh, Boy, I thought I, you said something else. <laughs> Pull your drawers up. I can see your Ainer. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, me. Anyway, but yeah, so Wifel has the night off, and this is basically their bye week, so... It's two little butt cheeks. I, thank you. Is that, is that Ainer? Ainer. <laughs> What's Ainer look like? Do we not agree? <laughs> Do we not agree? Um, all right, so we found Nemo. That was a, a weird segment there. Uh, some ECU baseball news. First of all, ECU baseball has been or still in Twitter jail like Pirate Radio for some weird reason. Okay. Uh, but they do have a new Twitter account. It is ECU Pirates BSB. Simple What's enough. the nice. BSB? Baseball. 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 <laughs> I mean, what else would it be, Tony? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's baseball. It's baseball. BSB. Baseball. Got it. Uh, How many followers they got? They Cliff Godwin tweeted this out two hours ago. Right now, they have 752 yes. followers. I have more followers than ECU baseball. Than ECU baseball. <laughs> at least at this moment. Uh, also, ECU welcomed in a new uh, crop of talent to the uh team today so we will uh we'll dive into those names who they are next week when we talk to Igo. he certainly knows more about recruiting than i so uh we'll have an update for you on that coming up 17 newcomers to the program for ecu baseball uh so they uh are trying to stack good years on good years tony coming off a super regional appearance against uh vanderbilt new twitter feed and uh new, new baseball team that's right <laughs> uh got a, a lot of newness there all right uh next up on the rundown nfl preseason let's take a time out we'll come back we will talk all things carolina panthers week three the final week of preseason and man do we have concerns oh uh, what's wrong We'll talk about it at the end of the I can't wait to hear these concerns. I was feeling great. I am super intrigued. What are the concerns? We'll hear them when we return after this.
are listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a free beer Friday. And I'll show you the goodies uh, coming up after this break to entice you a little more, but... We got an awesome giveaway today, a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles. And how about this, Tony Dunn? A 12-pack of Red Oak Hummingbird Golden Lager. Well, that sounds delicious. Tasty. Bud Light shirt, koozies, and a large two-topping pizza at Domino's can all be yours. In hour number three, we will open up the booty bag and make you a winner on a free beer Friday. All right, uh, Tony and Chandler are here on a Friday, maybe for the uh, last time in a while. It's great to have you here chiming in, Chandler, on uh, the Panther Friday. Yeah, it's great to be here. NFL Friday. Uh, now, before we went to break, you said you had concerns. My concern is uh, how many Mike and Ikes you've had this week. It, the bag's almost gone. Yeah, you took that to the face, um, <laughs> and you're chewing on a few right now. Yeah, but I kind of helped. You did? Mm-hmm. So, I, Bo, I need another bag. Bo, we need more Mike and Ice. <laughs> Chandler, what are your concerns right now with your Is Carolina Panthers? The kicking TMJ, game. getting TMJ from eating all those Mike and Ikes. Now, what is TMJ? That's the, like, when you get, like, tendonitis in your jaw. And you have potential for lockjaw. Chandler, don't be uh, worried, but that could happen to you, son. what are your concerns listeners are praying for it my concerns in carolina (laughs) is the kicking game joey sly has been absolutely just awful this this preseason he's shown it in camp uh, not only in the games but the other day in uh, in practice they did a field goal drill and he went oh for three the guy they brought in to compete with him went two for three, but we just uh, released him, I believe, yesterday. Joey Sly did so bad, they cut the guy. <laughs> they cut the other him. guy. Yeah. So, yeah, the kicking game, you know, and we're just a couple of weeks out, maybe two or three weeks out from the regular season, and this is not the troubles that I wanted the Panthers to have, but here we are, and it's, it's a fact. Did they cut the other guy, Tony, thinking it was Sly? Like, wait a minute, are you sure you're talking about me? You got the wrong jersey I number. feel like Chase Blackburn went up there and said, man, your field goals look so bad the only thing we can do to make him look better is cut the guy that's making him beside you chase blackburn i it, when you say his name i still think new york giants but he is the specialty yeah. coach of the panthers uh so then you break you trade San, for another kicker right? santa we we traded for george blanda wait does he play quarterback well he looks like he's giant okay he's six foot five 259 pounds your kicker? Yeah, Santos, Santa Rosa, Santosa, Santeria, like Santeria, Santa Maria. <laughs> now he is a pretty big dude. Is he coming in to give Joey Sly one last like? All right, dude, seriously, 
get it right or i don't know if you can get it right man joey slime once we heard he was seeing a sports psychologist in the offseason you know he's got the yips and, and oh, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and uh we did trade a seventh round pick for this player I, we were all hoping for jason verity though or jake verity Je- or jake classic verity. tony there <laughs> it is dang <laughs> classic tony jason dang. verity but i do agree tony i was hoping we can go out and snag them and if it's not us it's definitely going to be somebody in the national football league picking up jake verity yeah uh ravens have had a history of trading backup kickers to justin tucker they'll probably do it again so kicking a concern if the Panthers are in tight ball games, including week one against the Jets, uh, Chandler and Tony and Panthers fans are going to be a little nervous. Do you think it will be Joey Sly, week one kicker for Carolina? I mean, at this point. I guess. I mean, Why? Why would you trade for someone and then still and then just cut them? You know, this is – look look at this new guy. He's awesome. All right, that doesn't look like a real player. <laughs> that looks like a movie-like scene. It's awesome, dude. Like, it looks like when I wear a football jersey. Like, I just look out of place. <laughs> I wish I could see some more pictures of this guy. He's what giant. an interesting looking fella. He's got fella. the best. Look, look at how big oh, he is. Oh, wow. He is huge. He's got more of a punter bod than a, uh, a keeper bod. Ca- and he can kick. This was when he was Whoa. somewhere. Is he still fat? Yeah, he's giant. Fat. Interesting. All right. Love it. Uh, all right. So that's the kicking. Uh, so, again, so let's make predictions. Is Sly kicking week one? No. Wow. I'm going to say yes. All right. All right. So I was wondering, why, like you said, is why would they cut the guy that's making the field goals and keep Joey Sly? The one thing that Joey Sly is able to do is is that he's the kickoff. He does the kickoffs as mm-hmm. well, and he can boot it out the end zone every right. time. And they like that consistency. And I think the herbal guy or El, whatever this El, guy. Elberly or Elber, something. Yeah. Herbal essence. Yeah, that guy that they cut that was there for two days making field goals just did, I don't think mm-hmm. had enough leg to get it down the field as far as they want it consistently. Uh, quick Panthers question. Who is Tommy Trimble? He is a uh, tight end that we drafted this year, maybe in the fourth or fifth round. I want to say it was third Dame. or fourth out of Notre Dame, and he's well known for his blocking at tight end. So – um, he actually had a touchdown catch in the first game against the Colts, but uh, I, I think what we liked about Tommy Trimble coming out of Notre Dame was his uh, ability to block and basically being that extra offensive lineman. But he's he's also able to go out and make catches as well. And a lot of Panther fans are excited about Tommy Trimble for the fact that uh, is that in Notre Dame's offense doesn't use the tight end as a passing threat a ton. So they're saying that while he – he didn't get a ton of catches and yards in college. It wasn't because of ability, but also because of the system he was playing in. I asked because I looked at Adam Schefter, who is not a fantasy guy, but I guess he does this every year. Adam Schefter's fantasy football value picks and sleepers. And the very last name on his list is Tommy Trimble from the Carolina Panthers. So I guess you've got Dan Arnold. Is he tied in one? Yes. I don't. Yeah, but I just, I just don't know what I think about this dude. They okay. had him mic'd up the other day. He is a quirky, weird dude. And he's small. Dan he's Arnold. small. He's 6'6". Six, six. But skinny. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Does he have any mass to him? Does he got some mass to him? <laughs> he don't have enough mass to him? You know, you're going to get tossed around pretty good in this league if you don't have some mass to you. <laughs> Would you like to weigh in on this controversy? Does he say ass or mass? Hit it again, Charlie. You know, you're going to get tossed around pretty good in this league if you don't have some mass to you. 
It's he said mass, yeah. but he he also but emphasizes the, the ass part of it. We had a big mass versus ass debate. It's mass, but I really wanted it's it like to be ass. Ass, yeah. some mass. So the M, <laughs> yeah, at the end of some went into mass. All right, we've talked kicker and Tommy Trimble and Dan Arnold. Let's get to like fun Panthers topics. Yeah, let's hey, talk about our fault. left tackle next. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> Tony, I was going to ask about your opinion on the extension of Robbie Anderson. We signed him to a two-year extension the other day. What was your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, if I'm Robbie Anderson, I'm clamoring for getting some money after coming off a thousand-yard season, right? Um, you, you adjusted on a team where you really weren't able to showcase your true, true talent of going downfield. Um, and so I can understand why Robbie Anderson on a two-year deal, the final year of his deal is interested and already starting to look ahead and stay in instead of playing a season, risking injury, and or maybe not even having as good of a season. So his value is kind of high here. He's in a good place where with Matt Rule, obviously Matt Rule lobbied for this to a certain degree because, you know, it's, it's not the priority move to sign – wide receivers when you just drafted one and Terrace Marshall Jr. DJ Moore you're going to have in his fifth year next year and you can eventually you could franchise tag him but I like Robbie Anderson a lot so I'm okay with this and I mean he got some significant money but I also think that's just kind of the NFL now is that you got to pay some players sometime and I love him because he wears number 11 so I feel like I can go and buy his jersey now because he's going to be here for more than one more year hmm hmm Asked and answered. Well done. Uh, is Sam Darnold playing tonight? He will play at least two quarters. Two quarters? All right, so you're getting your wish. Yes. Okay. What do you think of that, Tony? Um, I mean, I guess... Uh, I'm on Chandler's side here. I want to see Sam Darnold with the team. Sure. In a game. I mean, I want... At least more than one drive. I want a that million was a dollars, too, but it's not happening yeah but this is happening this is happening and i don't want it to happen <laughs> you don't want him to play no i, I don't know man. it's i don't know what the competitive advantage you really gain in in playing these very small limited limited reps now today all right so for this game if you're gonna play him for two quarters okay i can say that's a significant amount but last week they brought him in for four plays and he handed the ball off twice right that's pointless to me i mean does that like really give you a good game in game feel <laughs> and look is that if he if he comes out there and balls out tonight then yes we're gonna be excited about hey sam darnold in a new <laughs> situation with new talent and things like this but if he's not good if he doesn't play fantastic like cam didn't him several times in the preseason then it was just all well, for the next two weeks we're just gonna be like oh he's gonna stink we got the same sam darnold and guess what he's still gonna be starting on week one you're right and and i'm not a panthers fan but on this darnold thing i would want him to play and i really i mean i guess i care how he looks but i'm not gonna overreact to it because he's still gonna start he's getting work with his line with his receivers if he looks crappy you're right he's playing week one regardless so I, that's you know, a good point don't overreact to what you see tonight good or bad if he's really good don't overreact either because it's not going to mean a damn thing you know actually kicks overreact folks it's like it makes for fun times that's true that is true uh that's what it's all about so uh were you doing a post-game show tonight we are all right so some late some night real, friday uh, night late night overreacting <laughs> that sounds like fun i have to tune into that uh what else uh you guys looking forward to tonight in the game i think you were about to bring up the offensive line so uh what is your thoughts going into the tonight's game uh at the offensive line position 
I guess we'll all be looking at Cam Irvin where he, I mean, he's going to be playing on the left. They, they've really stuck to their guns on this. Cam Irvin, left tackle, Taylor Moten on the, at right, Pat Eflin at uh, left guard. And um, then I guess you're going to just see who they're rotating in at right guard. Um, you know, I just want to look is that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm almost interested, and I don't know if the Steelers are going to be playing their starters as much as we are because they played their starters a good amount in game two, right? Ben, Big Ben came out through two touchdowns. They ran it up real, real quick. I mean, I felt like he played a significant amount. I want to see how that offensive line does against uh, good competition and the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line has always given the Panthers just tremendous problems that 3-4 front we have never known how to deal with it over the years and I'd like to see um, them keep Sam Darnold clean for a little while (laughs) yeah this makes great radio. Yeah. No, she was on the phone, so I turned the mic off. Great radio. I thought you guys were having a crosstalk here. I what guess do you want to see in. on offensive line, Chandler? I want to see Brady Christensen go back out there. I really like the Deontay Brown guy out of Alabama at the right guard position. Bowser. He's a big, uh, Bowser is exactly uh, what his nickname should be because he's a big dude, and he takes up a lot. Um, and those are two big guys right there at the right guard and right tackle position. Brady Christensen, I watched every single snap in the Colts game. Uh, I watched um, his position every time, and, man, um, he really did look good. I wasn't able to really to watch that much of the Ravens game. I'm not he sure. looked good there, too. And I so mean. I think Brady Christensen, when it comes to the offensive line, I really am intrigued by this dude, especially the night that we drafted him. I like I liked the pick as well, especially when we're talking about tackles, something that we've needed uh, other than Taylor Moten. I think Tony, I- the, the reason you don't want Darnold to play is that have to do with injuries, right? Yeah. Well, here's the reason. Here's one thing I will say to your side of that. If you have Darnold in, you want to have your good O line in, your best O line to protect him. But I, I'm not really worried about a Darnold injury. I'm more worried about an O lineman getting yeah. rolled up on two yeah. quarter. Like that part of it would freak me out and and scare me a little bit because there's a lot more likelihood that happens than a freak Darnold is. Yeah, and I and I also don't want to be so um afraid of injury to where I don't want to play. You know, I mean, is that this is part of the game. You know, you got to play you, you don't want to play scared. But I do feel like in the preseason you hold back a little bit and when you're not playing at full speed, when you're a little worried about things, that sometimes things go poorly there. Yeah. And you know, this has happened. I was talking with a Jets guy last night and he said that look this happened to chad pennington in the preseason to them mark sanchez at one point so it it does stink but an injury in week one stinks just as bad (laughs) yeah uh how about defensively tony how how much your defense is playing what do you want to see from that side you know i mean they continue to say because we did not play our starters in week one that we're going to play a good amount in first and second quarter but our defense has been looking stout uh and and the problem with the panthers is is when they put the second team and the second and third team the drop off is is very significant so seeing brian burns out there uh just flying around the edge you want to I think I feel pretty confident about this defense. I want to see the linebacker core. Jermaine Carter Jr. has really taken over the role of middle linebacker to the point where, to the extent that they just traded Denzel Perryman, who they signed in free agency this year. So um, had to do with some injuries, like he has been dealing with some minor injuries. And even right when he was about to go out there just the other day, a lineman stepped on his foot and he ste- and he had to, and he sat out the whole day. Some people have suspected though that part of the uh, not only was Perryman ultimately getting beat out by Jermaine Carter Jr., but Perryman's 
wasn't vaccinated and that mm. some people have asked if that if that has contributed to <clears throat> kind of the willingness to to move on from him so that's kind of interesting yeah for me i think the matchup tonight to watch is uh, jc horn and dante jackson against these wide receivers for the pittsburgh steelers because the pittsburgh steelers somehow grow great wide receivers on trees every year they have more and more to the point where even the guys who replaced the guy juju smith schuster replaced antonio brown and he's already been replaced well they had james washington playing in the second quarter of like the hall of fame game and he requested a trade yeah. and he was drafted pretty high and they've drafted over him with claypool with deontay johnson and of course they still have juju so i don't know how much those guys are going to play but that is a uh, pretty good test for dbs when you take on the uh, steelers speaking of the steelers another thing you know about them is their fans take over opposing team that they do antoine staley frequent guest of the show i guess is in charlotte um he, he responded to a tweet from a guy named josh klein who says there's a dude at the corner of mint and moorhead literally waving a Steelers fleece blanket six hours before kickoff. And Antoine uh, said four minutes ago, I don't know where he's at in Charlotte, but he said Steelers are out here in full force for the last preseason game in Charlotte. So It's like that in the regular season. Oh, I yeah. know. They've taken over Washington Stadium before. Um, the there's Monday been times where I've gone to a Panther <clears throat> game, and it might be a division rival, and you might see at least, at least five or six Steelers jerseys. Yeah, and they're not even playing. <laughs> and they're not even playing us. Tony, if I if we went to a Washington and Cowboys game in FedEx Field, what would you wear to the game? A Cam Newton jersey, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just curious because, like, I see that when I have gone to games before. Like, why is this guy wearing a Ladanian Tomlinson jersey to this game? I don't know if I would. What, I guess the point is to show you're a football fan yeah. and also to articulate that you don't really like either of the teams, yeah. but you do like it football like enough football. to go. So would you wear a Panthers gear? I probably would wear a Washington hat if I went to like a Panthers game with you against the Saints. Yeah. I guess I would. I don't know if I would go straight jersey. Yeah. Like a hat, I can understand, but the jersey is kind of bold. How about you, Chandler? What would you wear if I took you to a Washington Cowboys game? I would probably just go neutral color. Like a black shirt? Yeah. yeah, Just like a random. That's how I am. No, he would just wear a purple shirt like he does every day. I do wear a purple shirt almost every day, Tony. (laughs) Hey, when all else fails, go purple. Go purple, baby. It's Painted Purple Friday. All right, let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have more to go with Tony Dunn, Chandler Honeycutt. We'll look at, uh, hello, hello. We'll look at some other news and notes going on. Uh, We'll talk about, and I just saw one today. I think that makes three starting quarterback decisions have been made this week. We'll go down that list and talk about that when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local pro- programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. 
Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, we got about 10 more minutes to go uh, with Tony Dunn from CarolinaCatChronicles.com, and we'll send him off into his Panthers weekend, which uh, includes a game tonight against the Steelers. And Tony will be uh, with you post game on YouTube. People yes, check sir. It out. It's on Facebook and Periscope as well. All right, and uh, you can uh, chime in, be a part of the show with Tony Dunn and crew. Uh, the C3 crew. The best Panther podcast on YouTube. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, Tony, today it was announced that, uh, let's look at the other quarterbacks in your division. Tom Brady, Surprise. Matty Still Ice. Still weird to say. Yeah, it is. Uh, Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston, who yes. I guess has been always been in your division. <laughs> yeah. Now a starter with the New Orleans Saints that was announced today. And Not a surprise at all. No. Nah, hey, I, let's, I, let's get this W, baby. Eat it. Eat it. Uh, yeah. Eat it like w, a Mike man. and Ike. Yeah. Do you think uh, – how many W's will Jameis eat against the Panthers this year? Zero, one, or two? One. You split? I, I, I'm only, I was going to say split. All right. Go with the split. I uh, I did not get to watch the Saints-Jacksonville-Jaguars Jack, game last Monday, but a, a lot of people – I know I know a, a friend of mine who's a big Jaguars fan, and that says a lot about him. It's like, man, you are passionate, bro, if you love them that much. And um, – all reports were Jameis Winston was tearing it up to the to the point that it looked like an old Saints offense where getting chunk plays down the field, mm, not the wow. dink and dunk Michael Thomas show. And I heard a Saints fan that, that said just that that he hasn't seen the Saints go up top in three or four years like that because Breeze's arm was just dead. Yeah, and so is that that is I guess concerning, but. I have kind of formed an opinion about the Saints with very little evidence at this point, but we believe a lot of things in the world with little evidence, and I just feel like it's their their time to take a step back, and I could see that team, you know, getting old quick. Um, but hey, maybe uh, Jameis finds new life or breathes new life into that offense. I hope not. He won't have Michael Thomas to start the season, but I'm trying to think of the other wideouts that they have. Do they still have Emmanuel Sanders? No, he and- plays with the Bills now. Hmm. Is it Traquan Smith from uh, the one to UCF? Yeah. And they have the Callaway guy, whoever that is, is was that, the one uh, catching all the passes from Jameis. Yeah, who had, who had a monster game. I think he was undrafted. Something that, And another cool kind of – And it's some guy named Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that can split out <laughs> wide and actually run routes as well. Neat note for their training camp is that you, you like to see – this week um, Luke Keekley and Greg Olson showed up at Panthers practice yesterday. I think Luke just felt bad. <laughs> Uh, but but one of the interesting uh, kind of pop-ins for the Saints was Mike Martz. Mike Martz? Isn't that – did I get his name right? Please that, say that right. That's his that's name you are talking about the old Rams coach. Yeah, and uh, trying to um, pick his brain about how they use Marshall Falk hmm. to, be, to get a more dynamic use out of Alvin Kamara. I mean, good grief. Do they – Falk is like the only guy ahead of Kamara. Maybe Ladanian Tomlinson or Christian McCaffrey now, but like, in, in the I way feel that, like Kamara has been used about every way you could possibly use him. Well, Marshall Falk was a, a great. I mean, yeah. he is, a, and, and on some ways, a kind of forgotten great, right? Because of some, there's been a lot of names that have uh, followed after him. But he was a, a player that could play in this league. Definitely. No problem, and um, I, so I do think as I I think Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are kind of of, of like the the family tree of of Marshall Falk. Definitely. While you get maybe um, Derrick Henry is from the kind of the older school 
family tree. Yeah, I mean, we think about the great running backs we saw growing up. Emmett Smith, who I believe he has the most rushing yards all time. I guess he has the most carries too. Not a lot of passing out of the right. backfield. To, Edge uh, was kind of Smith. a multiple guy. Yeah, more of a runner, but he could catch the football. And uh, yeah, you're right. Marshall Falk uh, was one of the. And there was guys before that. I think Roger Craig, which I didn't watch a lot of him. He was a receiving back for the 49ers with Bill Walsh's offense. But Falk really was the, I guess, now grandfather, which makes us old, but yeah. of these do-it-all, all-purpose running backs. Then it goes Ladanian, Tomlinson. Yep. Um, I mean, if you think Sean Alexander is kind of the old-school running back. Correct. A lot of, lot of carries for him. Do you remember Brian Westbrook? I mean, he wasn't yeah. great, but with the Eagles, he was a great pass-catching running back uh, for Philadelphia. All right, uh, so... There are two former Panthers quarterbacks uh, that we were waiting to see. Are they going to be named starters? We're assuming Cam's going to start week one, right? I think so. I think. I, I, I was, Boston media has their way, he will be cast off to an island. Right now, the latest headline about... Uh, I'm not even getting into this. Did you see it? I'm not even... Yeah. Can I say it? Yeah. That uh, a former Patriot player... Scott believes- Solak, who's an announcer... Okay, he said so. He wasn't a player at any time. Yeah, he was a former quarterback. Okay, all right. Back so up. He said that he thinks that Cam Newton's listening to rap music is hurting his game. I saw, oh, I saw that. I saw the headline. I don't know the context. I would. I don't want to click on that story. Don't. I don't care. It's because he dances uh, like yeah. in between, like while he's warming up and things like this. It's one of those things where it's like what he wears, what he does. Like it has nothing to do with performance. Uh, so I don't care. He dances ass off whenever we were, uh, whenever we were making a run for the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and, and they've been hard. You know, they love Cam Newton at the beginning of last season. Came out and threw five touchdowns, I think, in their opener. Um, you know, they started off two and zero, and all of a sudden they were all about some Cam Newton. And then things went south, and they, and we know that the northern media markets are sensation, sensational. And they they do go after these types of storylines and put these hot takes out. Well, but then Matt had to follow freaking Tom Brady yeah. too. That is not an easy task. This past week though was complicated by you know last last year COVID has has um, had an impact on Cam Newton. He got it last year, and it looked like it really did have an impact on his like afterwards after he came back from COVID. He just wasn't the same player he was before that. We don't know if that was the only reason or why. And then this this past week, he went to a doctor's appointment that was outside of the NFL facility, was tested every day, but somehow there was a misunderstanding between both him and the Patriots organization on the NFL protocols about testing outside of NFL yeah. stadium or NFL facilities. So he had to take five days off despite having five negative tests. And in that process, Mac Jones comes in and plays in a joint practice versus the Giants. And, um, and it started off like a, it was like 11 for 12 or something well, like that. And, uh, Tony, another thing complicating this is what you said there at the end. Mac Jones is playing well. It's not like they're like, hey, get Cam out of here. I don't know who the backup is, but put him in. It, Mac Jones is making a case for himself yeah. that he could be ready to play. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out on Cam as far as his ability. I, I just We're not going to ever see anything close to what he was 
his MVP year, but I just think as a quarterback, he's about toast. And his clock. I hate to hear that. The clock is ticking down for Cam Newton when it comes to his career, too, because, I mean, any more fails than he's done. I mean, I, Glenn Griffin mentioned it yesterday on the show, and I totally agree with him. If if things don't work out in, in, you know, in New England, I really don't know if it's going to work out anywhere else for Cam Newton. And it's just sad to see, but – I did. I have seen a few of his plays in the preseason. It looks like his arm strength might be a little bit back, and if that if that's the case, that was one of the biggest injury concerns when it comes to uh, Cam Newton. It was his shoulder, um, but I've seen him throw some darts uh, to. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver that he likes there in New England out of NC State. Nelson Aguilar. Um, he lost his, bird, his buddy Bird. Huh? Yeah, who's with uh, who caught a a bomb. He's playing with the Bears now. Oh yeah. wow. He caught one from Fields? Andy or Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, yeah, Andy, fifty yard touchdown. Yeah, chirp, chirp. I was just going to say, there's nobody I would want to succeed more than Cam Newton. Uh, I just don't want him to go out on this low note. I don't want him to go out on these notes of like uh, rap music is hurting his game well, and these. To- so I, it looks like there's some David Newtons up there in New England. That's his forever legacy, though, for people that will never like him or try to like him. I'd love to see him just have one more successful run. All right. Uh, you Who was the other Panthers quarterback? Teddy Two Gloves. Oh, God. He is the starter for the Denver Broncos. That surprises me. Tadisha. Mm. It remind, it, it's another reminder that John Elway can't draft quarterbacks because they're admitting that Teddy Bridgewater is better than Drew Locke. I don't think they're – and you know what? There's not a, really a lot of evidence so far in the camp that that's the case because Drew Locke has had more touchdowns in, in this training camp and in the preseason. You know, Drew Locke has thrown more touchdown passes in his two years as a starter than Teddy has in his entire career. I was not aware of that. That's pretty wild. Um, yeah. And and Teddy Bridgewater is um, – you know, he's a guy that uh, defensive coaches uh, feel comfortable with. And that is a guy that's not going to turn the ball over, that's going to run the clock down um, and keep you in games or keep you from losing games. And what's strange about this is because Nick Fan- it's Nick Fangio, right? Vic. Vic, Vic Fangio. <laughs> yes. Vic Fangio. I yeah. caught myself. Uh, you know, that appeals to him probably. Interestingly is that Mike, uh, Mike Zimmer – yeah, right. You're killing it. Okay, all right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm still like I'm nervous. <laughs> Every time I say someone's name, I get nervous. Mike Zimmer, though, in Minnesota, who is a defensive coach, he came out being critical of his offense about not pushing the ball down the field, and he said all these five year five yard passes, we're just going to have to have twenty of them to get down the field. <laughs> So, I mean, don't expect um, the Broncos' offense to be high-powered uh, with Teddy Bridgewater there. And, um, you know, Jerry Judy is going to have to just be a possession receiver. I was going to say, it's a Fangio move. It's not a Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton move. Uh, to That's going to hurt their fantasy in. value. Yeah, it will. But Igo was here, and look, I've heard other Broncos fans, the Hager boys we know, they – all right, we're going to be a defensive team. We've got the rookie running back, Williams, from North Carolina. We've got Melvin Gordon. We're going to run the ball, possession, run clock. Teddy Bridgewater is a perfect fit for that, but Igo said he would rather have Drew Locke in just because he is more exciting, and he wants to see one more time, get, like give Locke one more go at it to see if he can be the guy. That is their starting quarterback, Tadisha. Tony, you want to talk about quarterbacks wearing weird clothing and stuff? I mean, you want me to pull up Cam Newton's uh, Google image? 
<laughs> Have you really? Do you really want to get into what yes. Teddy Bridgewater is yes. wearing? Yes. He's wearing a, a wig. dress. And a dress. Was it Halloween? Yes. <laughs> I don't care. I care. Okay. That's your quarterback. Wow. Tony Steven Igo cares about what quarterbacks wear all of a sudden. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting development Tadisha. on the show. Uh, so, Teddy Two Gloves is back. How long will he last as the starter? Four weeks? Ooh. Three weeks? I don't know. Yeah. Six I weeks? Mean, we'll see. All right. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I just don't like him. So, it's just like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be rooting for anything well. So, I'm probably the least biased per or the most biased person and it's not all about performance too it was uh some like comments and all kinds of stuff right yeah it's all of it a lot and and still hurt from moving on from cam like so you know it's like there's other things that are going on in my own head space that contributed to it are you ready to go all in on sam darnold are you like i have to i know but uh, you have to you have no choice right I mean, we're, 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 we're Sam Darnold or bust at this point. And if you miss here, I think this is going to be something that comes up uh, next year is that if Sam Darnold does, comes out and, and is a bust, which I don't think he will be, if he does come out to be a bust down, this coaching staff has missed on two quarterbacks in two, in two years consecutively Kinda, and then yeah. didn't draft a quarterback. And at some point, when do, when do they get the blame for making poor decisions? Now, what they should be blamed for not, for maybe not drafting Justin Fields, right? I mean, that's part of the conversation. more so than bringing in Bridgewater. That's year kind of felt like a bridge. Well, there's a, a bridge over troubled water. Yes, but they gave him a three year deal though. Correct. Yeah, so, you're right. I mean they they thought this was going to be an answer, and then they quickly saw it wasn't and moved on. Yeah, I do like that about this staff is that hopefully that admits that they made a mistake. And they're not going to just hang on to it and double, triple down on it. They'll do the they've Cardinals already done it thing. this offseason. Do the Cardinals Card- thing where they drafted uh, Rosen. Rosen and then said, said, screw it. Yeah. We're getting Kyler They did the Murray. same thing with Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes went there after he was the defensive coordinator with us and was there one year, one year. and then they fired him. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up here, Tony. Sunday, October 31st, you're at the Falcons on Halloween. Uh, that is uh, week eight. On week eight, are we talking about the Panthers? Are you going to be looking at like playoff positions and standings? Or are you going to be scouting the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft? Oh, no, we're looking at playoff at okay. this point because if you look at the schedule, open with New York, first year, uh, a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and a team that it was abysmal last year. Now, Oh, I see a path to 3-0. I, I don't think we're going to walk all over them. Then you get New Orleans, who's going to have some people missing because of uh, suspension and injury. Um, it, and maybe that New Orleans game isn't as easy. Like, just missing those players no. isn't as easy as we think. But Houston, Dallas, I mean, I see a path to 5-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, it's The problem is, is after week nine, things get tough. We got Arizona. Uh, we're at Arizona, then Washington football team. Tough defense. It could give our, our offensive line just terrible problems. Miami's 11-5 team last year. And then this last five-game stretch is Murderer's Row. Atlanta, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and well, Tampa. Excluding again. Atlanta. but right. Buffalo, Tampa, at New Orleans, Tampa is not fun. Hopefully Tampa's clinched by then. So I think we'll be talking playoffs in week eight, and we won't be talking about it in week 17. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. All right, Tony. Thanks for hanging out, man. Enjoy, man. Thanks for having me. We'll take a time out. We will come back, talk to Greeny. 
Redbeard uh, says, Panthers fans spend more time talking about the old quarterbacks they had than talking about their current one. You know what? Uh, I think I do that too as a Washington fan. Not everybody has Joe Burrow, Redbeard. All right, we'll talk to Greeny Mark Greenhills. We'll get an HB3 update when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barat. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. We'll talk to Morgan Aylers coming up in a little bit, talk some Pirate football, uh, some high school football as well. And Kevin Monroe will join us in the 5 o'clock hour on today's show to get you set for ecu and app state coming up on thursday we'll also sprinkle in some donnie kirkpatrick and a blake harrell audio from this week as the coordinators talked following ecu football practice so we got that on the way right now we'll talk some golf with greeny mark greenheld from the golf shop radio show who joins us on the fixed nc live line greeny how you doing today man i'm doing well how you doing doing good we are of course following harold varner the third as he tries to uh, do the almost impossible and make it to next week's uh, final tournament in the uh, the FedEx Championship. And Harold right now is minus seven uh, on this tournament, two under for the day. He's through 13. That's going to put him outside the top 30. Greeny, yesterday when Harold was tied for fourth, uh, when we looked and I looked at the live standings, FedEx uh, point standings, he would have been 32nd uh, if the tournament had ended there, which would have put him right outside that top 30. So it looks like I guess he would have to finish, what, top three in this tournament uh, to have a chance to play next week? Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about it all the year. The putter is letting him down again. Uh, I know he's not done with his second round, but right now he is 58 out of mm. 69 players in strokes game putting for the week. So. Mm. Uh, he's losing, I think he's losing like three and a half shots to the field uh, with the putter right now. So, I mean, add three shots onto his score and we're kind of on the fringe, right? Yeah, and uh, and that's something that's going to uh, irk him throughout this offseason if that ends up being uh, what keeps him out. How about uh, Tony Finau winning on Monday as they closed out the Northern Trust, uh, Greeny? And I'm not, a, uh, I'm not an avid golf watcher, but I do know Finau has the... I guess stigma of uh, what can't finish, can't close, can't win the big one. How you know how big was that for him moving forward to try to win this uh, FedEx Championship? Yeah, and you kind of felt like the way it happened was how it was going to have to happen uh, because he has had trouble closing tournaments before, had trouble down the stretch making putts. He got himself into a playoff, and uh, and Cameron Smith hit one way, way, way off the property and uh, kind of handed it to him, but. Hey, props to Tony. He hung in there on a Sunday uh, and then a Monday to get himself into the playoff. 
And, you know, we'll see where this takes Tony. We'll see if this is something that gives him a little more confidence and he can start sealing the deal because he certainly had a lot of opportunities to, to win golf tournaments and, and hasn't done it. We all know it's hard to win on the PGA Tour. We all know it's hard to win anywhere. So some guys are wired to do it a lot, and some guys just uh, it just aren't. We saw it from uh, on the LPGA last week when, uh, when uh, non um, – shanked one basically from the bunker when she needed to get it up and down and shanked one almost out of bounds in the in the women's open championship so there are some people that have it and some that don't greeny we are seeing uh we saw some greatness today in round two how about uh bryson dechambeau's day on the course there in uh, maryland yeah that's what we're going to get from him especially at a place like this where you, you do have the opportunity to rear back and let it fly and uh you know when you look at his stats i mean he's right up there in everything right now and um when he's got that driver working lengthwise and direction wise he's one of those guys that that's hard to beat i mean we see that from bryson we see it from dustin johnson we see it from uh from brooks kepka the guys that can bomb it when they want to and if they get it straight and they kind of have things fall into place they light it up i mean patrick cantlay's not necessarily a bomber he shot 900 today too so uh, we'll see what these guys do this afternoon, if anybody can catch him. But, uh, you know, John Rahm's uh, three under through nine, still only five back, and, you know, he could throw another three or four under in the back nine. Yeah, he was uh, he was great yesterday, and we saw him uh, in last week's tournament uh, right there having a shot to win it. And uh, I don't know, is he is he the favorite going into uh, to next week uh, to win it all, Greeny? Uh, you got to look at whoever finishes the top three in the standings. I mean, with this, uh, with the way they're doing the playoff finals now, you know, whoever is number one gets to start at 10 under par. Hmm. Whoever is number 30 gets to start at even par. So, and it kind of staggers its way down. So you got to think that, you know, the top three, maybe the top five realistically have the best chance unless somebody, you know, down at the bottom of the field just happens to have one of those weeks where, you know, they go out and shoot, 25 under are by themselves and they're able to make up that ground but um realistically it's really come from people that are in the you know the top five in the, in the standings because they get the the advantage starting off green you talked about this earlier in the week where does the the, the fedex championship rank amongst like uh, let's throw in the four majors and let's throw in this uh this fedex championship where you win uh as you know you, you take everything you've done this season and then also the the final three weeks of the season and if you're a player on the tour, where does that rank amongst, uh, you know, the Masters, the Open, the U.S. Open, and the PGA Championship? Is it fifth? It, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's a $15 million paycheck when you win it. So from a money perspective, it's far and away the best thing that you want to win. You know, it, it is a season-long thing. It is, you know, you, you kind of spend the season positioning yourself and then you spend the first two events trying to get yourself into the last one and then all bets are off at that point so I, it's hard to tell i mean you know obviously the guys want to win the uh, win the 15 million dollars but um you know you've seen people skip events before um it, it hasn't been as much because when they reduced it from four to three events uh, it became a little more critical to uh, to play in each one to make sure that you made it in i mean look at somebody like patrick reed who just got out of the hospital after double pneumonia um, not able to play this week, and he was inside the top 30, probably been inside the top 30 all year, and now he's going to fall out and miss the four championship, not that he'd be able to play next week anyway, but, you know, something like that happens. I mean, if you tweak yourself, you get a little injury, or maybe you think you have an injury and you didn't, uh, it, it's a big deal to miss an event. So I, I don't know. I mean, I got to think, 
it, it, like I said, it's hard to say. It's worth a lot of money, but it, yeah. you know, is the event necessarily that much? I don't know. It's it's one of those toss-ups that probably fits in, you know, maybe after the Players' Championship and, and maybe before the WGC, so maybe six. Mark Greenelge, Greeny, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Got the Golf Shop Radio Show coming up 8 to 10 on Saturday right here on Pirate Radio. And a familiar guest, uh, I understand Greeny, coming up on the show, The Voice. Jeff Charles is going to join you on the Golf Shop Radio Show on Saturday, right? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a little preview of some football action coming up with Jeff. Uh, as you mentioned, coming out of the break, App State, East Carolina. Uh, I'm still of the opinion that if East Carolina can hang some points on the board, they got a strong chance in this game. And, uh, and uh, you know, then my Clemson Tigers take on Georgia. I'll be at that game on uh, next Saturday night. And uh, so both of those games are going to be fun to watch right here in the Queen City. Uh, we know Clemson and Georgia both play defense, but the total in that game, I think it's uh, it's either low 50s, mid 50s. With, with those high-powered offenses and – and talented quarterbacks, and and we, we know that Clemson's replacing a quarterback, but they have a great replacement. Uh, what do you think about that total, Greeny? Can that game get into the high 50s, uh, 60s, or do you see too much defense being played? Man, I tell you what, Vegas is pretty smart about what they do. I think <laughs> the last time I saw it was at 52. Um, I think that's a pretty decent number. When, you, when you're talking about, you know, games like this right out of the box in the, at the beginning of the season – we see it in the NFL a lot, too. We, we see a lot of, uh, you know, offenses struggling early on. Defenses yeah. seem to be ahead of offenses. I know from what I've been watching at the Clemson practice, it seems like the defense has been getting the better of the offense more often than not. So, you know, you got to say maybe the first half of the game is a little more defensive. You might see like a 14-7 to 7 or a 14-10, to 10, and then maybe look for some points to be scored in the third quarter and then tighten it down in the fourth quarter. So, I would say a 52 number is, you know, probably right around there. I mean, I may slip a little bit on the over. Just, uh, you know, if somebody tries to get away at the end of the game, maybe they hang some points, a pick six or something like that. All right. Uh, and Greeny will be talking some football with the voice Jeff Charles. And uh, who else, Greeny? What else you got lined up for Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we will definitely talk uh, with the um, – Nick Otten, who's the East Lake uh, Golf Club uh, professional, so we'll talk about the Tour Championship, how the how the course is setting up down there, see what kind of rough we got, what kind of green speeds, what kind of conditions. I'm sure they're going to be looking for firm and fast. Although we got another hurricane heading up this way, uh, maybe towards the latter half of next week. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Then we're going to talk to uh, Nick. O I mean, I'm sorry, Alex Graff. Um, the Solheim Cup is the week after next. So the the uh, the uh, American women versus the European women. A little, hmm. uh, maybe a little Ryder Cup preview to see how the American squad's going to fare against the European squad. Again, another uh, matchup where, on paper, we look like the stronger team, but we didn't win last time. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. And then uh, we'll talk with um, with uh, Braxton McLennan, who runs the Charlotte City Am, more about how do you how do you resurrect or how do you put on a great amateur tournament in your city? So he's got to kind of walk us through how he resurrected the Charlotte City Am, playing some great courses like Quail Hollow. So good stuff on Saturday. Awesome. Sound I'll actually, I'll actually be at Myrtle Beach uh, broadcasting live from uh, Caledonia down there. So uh, look for that. <laughs> Can't beat that. Uh, talking golf at a great location and getting ready for some football week zero tomorrow as well. So you actually have some football to watch uh, coming up on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening, along with the golf. Greeny, uh, thanks for joining us as always, man. Have a great show on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. 
Thanks, Cliff. Have a good one, too. All right. There is Mark Greenheld on the Golf Shop Radio Show. The Voice, Jeff Charles, is going to be on the Pirate Radio Airwaves uh, early on Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. Let's take a time out. We will come back. We'll talk some area high school football and some Pirate football as well with the host of the high school huddle, Morgan Aylers, joins us on the other side. That's on the way on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You can order in the store or online through the Jersey Mike's app. Jersey Mike's a sub above. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, we got uh, football coming up tonight on Pirate Radio. D.H. Conley in action, taking on Carey. And uh, enjoyed the call with Alan Vick and Rob Maloney last week. Sounding crystal clear, by the way. Uh, shout out to Wes Hines and uh, the folks behind the scenes that have it sounding uh, great. And that's coming up tonight at seven o'clock before that you can hear the high school huddle right here at six o'clock let's talk to the host of that show the voice of dowdy ficklin stadium the voice of mng's coliseum he is morgan aylers joining us today on pirate radio live morgan how you doing man doing great man it's a beautiful day end of the week high school football tonight and uh excited about the show we've got coming up at six well uh well let's go ahead and start there morgan it was a a rough week for pitt county teams outside of farmville central uh last friday anyway and how about ron cook in his first game as head coach of the jaguars picking up a big win and uh uh, i think folks are excited about coach cook there in farmville yeah he's he's a very dynamic man i mean he's very enthusiastic he He's getting his players to buy in just like he did down in Pamlico County. And uh, Farmville Central, it might take a few years. They're going to win a few games this year, and they're in a very tough conference, very tough league. But I think what you'll see with him is over time he's going to build the culture that he really wants to have. And that doesn't start at the high school level. It starts at the middle school and the, the peewee, the prep league level. And I think once – the kids at that age start seeing what's going on. They're going to want to play. And I think uh, good times and good things are getting ready to happen in Farmville Central for the next few years. A couple of teams uh, looking to get back on track. One of those is J.H. Rose as they uh, have a tough test tonight in week two, Morgan, taking on Cleveland. Yeah, they do. Cleveland beat Carey, I think, last week 52 to nothing. Uh, very, uh, a very good team, very uh, powerful when you look at the line they've got. They've got a running back that's going to be going to Carolina next year. Of course, Rose has a running back in Michael Allen that's going to be going to State, so interesting matchup there. But uh, I think this is going to be a tough test for the uh, the Rampants. It's going to be a tough test for the quarterback, Taylor, for, for J.H. Rose. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to play almost a perfect game to knock off Cleveland. Not that it's impossible, but it's going to be a tough matchup for J.H. Rose this early in the season. 
And uh, another team trying to get uh, their first win of the year, D.H. Conley. I really enjoyed listening to Alan Vick and Rob Maloney last Friday night following the high school huddle, but I did not enjoy the game, Morgan, because D.H. Conley uh, lost in their opener. They tried to right the ship tonight against uh, that Cary team you just spoke about. Yeah, they travel to Cary, going up to the Raleigh area, and uh, this is a game I think Conley can win. I think Nate Connor is going to have his guys ready to play. Uh, Nate's a, a really good coach, got a really good coaching staff down uh, at Hollywood's Crossroads. Uh, I think Conley wins this one maybe by two to three touchdowns. All right, uh, Morgan Ayler's joining us. You'll hear from Nate Connor tonight. Also, Will Bland, Coach Andy Two from South Central, Perry Owens from Washington, Ron Cook from Farmville Central, Double B, Brian Bailey, and how about uh, Todd Light there and Aiden Grifton? You know the Carterettes uh, of Morgan. Can Aiden Grifton uh, get a, a victory tonight? East Carterettes a very good football team. Got a good quarterback, uh, well coached. I think the, the issue with Aiden Grifton right now is numbers. Uh, Coach Light mentioned it last week. Talked to him earlier this week, and you know, again, they just don't have the numbers that they used to have as far as linemen. They can't afford to get anybody hurt, and uh, this is going to be a tough matchup. But at the same time, it's week number two. They say the most improvements are between week one and week two, and uh, I think Aiden Griffin's got a good shot at it. But it's going to be a tough matchup. Morgan Naylor's packing all these guests in in just one hour. It's the high school huddle coming up tonight, 6 o'clock, getting you set for D.H. Conley Carey and all of the area high school football. And Morgan, just generally speaking, it's great to have it back. Loved uh, last Friday night, uh, you know, following around on social media as to uh, what was going on all across the area with the, with all the folks covering these games. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, fun time of the year. Yeah, it is, and – you watch either Touchdown Friday or whatever your source might be for getting the different games, and it's always neat. They do a great job of updating. And with social media now, it's so easy. You can have somebody just at the game following and play-by-play play or series-by-series, series, they can get you updated. And sometimes you feel like you're right there if they do a really good job at it. Sometimes you see a score in the first quarter and you don't see anything until the fourth quarter. So it's sort of hit and miss, but – Generally, it's a neat not time to watch social media, Twitter, and follow the games and see who's doing what, when and where and why. And why. Uh, Morgan, I saw on uh, hoistthecolors.net a thread about uh, games in Charlotte for East Carolina. And uh, they had the number at 3-2 and two overall for the Pirates, a win over NC State, a win over West Virginia, a dramatic victory over Virginia Tech, and then a couple losses to South Carolina and to NC State. I've only been to one of those games, Morgan, and I picked the worst one to go to. It was when ECU donned the highlight yellow jerseys, uh, John Thompson's final game against the Wolfpack, and that one got ugly. Uh, how many of those games have you attended there in Charlotte over the years? Uh, out, of the, uh, out of the games that have been, I've been there twice to see the Pirates. What's your record? Uh, I think I'm two and zero. Okay. West Virginia, West Virginia game and the uh, uh, NC State game that we won. So uh, you trying to make it three and zero coming up next Thursday? There is no try, Clip Brock. <laughs> it is a will. We will make it three and zero with the captain in the house. Oh, baby. Captain Morgan is there. That means the Pirates are victorious. And uh, Morgan, uh, Mike Houston broke it down. I mean, game week has begun uh, because this is a Thursday game. They don't have to wait till next Saturday. Uh, the, the final preps are, are going in. They still have some work to do. But uh, Mike Houston and his team, I know uh, 
they, they like the prep time, but I'm sure the players and the coaches are about ready to take the field at this point, right? Yeah, you know, it's these guys have been going at it now all summer and spring, and they get out there the 1st of August. I think the first week the average temperature was probably 75, maybe 80 degrees at the most. And then the next week they go out, the set week number two, and, you know, the Indian they call it Indian summer. I don't know why, but it's just hot, <laughs> and it's been hot ever since. So that's going to bode good for the Pirates, uh, I think, in both the opener and the, the September the 11th game against South Carolina because we're used to playing in the heat. Uh, that's the one disadvantage about not having an indoor practice facility. It's too hot, you still have to practice. These whiny pots that have the in- indoor practice facility, it gets too hot. Let's go inside in the air conditioning and play football. So, big advantage for the Pirates. All right, there you go. The, the Pirates have the edge in this matchup due to practicing in the heat, according to one Morgan Aylers. Morgan, uh, Week one is next week. Week zero is tomorrow. Uh, Less than 24 hours from now, we'll have kickoff between Illinois and Nebraska. Also, UCLA and Hawaii tomorrow. Some other matchups. It's not the best slate I've ever seen in college football, but uh, will you be watching on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to be watching the games as much as I can. I'm excited. It's just fun to watch a real game. You know, and you've watched some scrimmage games in the NFL, and you see the seven-string quarterback playing the 12th-string defensive back and trying to match up. And, you know, after a while, it's fun to watch, but after a while you go, eh, you know, what else are we going to watch? But tomorrow, or, yeah, tomorrow the things get going for real. I think that uh, Illinois-Nebraska game's got some interesting matchups. Of course, coach for Nebraska uh, under a little pressure right now for some things that have been going on over there going to be interesting to see if he survives the season yeah scott frost uh who is a, a corn husker legend uh now uh, on the hot seat uh, as far as coaching goes and how about on the other side morgan uh are we rooting i guess for former pirates uh tony peterson and chase hayden or do we care uh that they're uh on illinois side of things i do i, I you know obviously i've known coach peterson since he was recruiting holton way back with under scotty montgomery developed a very good relationship with him and i'm happy for him uh i'm glad he's not on the sideline against us when we play next thursday when he was at last year yeah but uh i look you know tony's one of the good guys in the business i think that it, it obviously didn't work out here i think there was a lot of friction between uh some folks on the coaching staff let's just put it that way hmm. uh offensively and you know coach peterson's one of the good guys in the business wish him well and Love to see them upset Nebraska. Man, friction on the sidelines and in the rooms there can uh, can lead to issues on the field, and uh, that, that's why you got to feel pretty good about this ECU 2021 season, right, Morgan? I mean, it seems like everybody's on the same page with, with the coaches and certainly with the players. We've been able to talk to uh, the, the Pirate Radio uh, players, our athletes, uh, inside the Players' Lounge on Mondays. And those guys, they all seem like great kids, Morgan, but also they all get along well. And it seems like they have a, a pretty good locker room over there right now. I, I really think you just hit it on the head. They do like each other. They do like playing with each other and, uh, you know, going out there and going to war with each other. And I think if you were to really sit down and talk to the coaches, I'm willing to bet you – Almost to a man, the coaching staff likes coaching together and likes working with this group because you can just see over the last couple of years the, uh, maybe the transformation of how Coach Houston handles himself in the media. You and I have talked about that. 
now you go in and there's some smiles on some faces. Granted, we're we're, we're undefeated right now in this season. <laughs> right. You know, we're undefeated. <clears throat> but I think these guys really like working with each other, and um, you know that's always a, a positive. And you you got to be excited for this team and what the the opportunities that, that present themselves down the road. Morgan Ailes joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line at the High School Huddle coming up tonight, 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. Morgan, uh, have a great weekend, man, and uh, have a great show coming up tonight at 6 o'clock, getting everybody ready for some football. And we'll talk to you one day next week. We'll figure it out. I guess we'll try to get you back on Friday to, to recap ECU and uh, App State. How about that? That should work. Uh, hopefully can be back in the, the stadium. Plans to come back. I uh, leave Friday morning to come back from Charlotte and uh, hopefully be back in the studio in the afternoon. Sounds like a winner. We will talk to you then. Morgan, uh, appreciate you joining us today, man. Thank you, Clip Block. Clip Block. Clip Block. Are you Clip Block? That's me. Clip Block. You are a legend, Clip Block. I don't care what anybody says. H&R are my uncles. Yeah, is that true? Wow. <laughs> Bye, Morgan. Bye, Clippy. There is Morgan Aylers. I am Clip Brock, and this is Pirate Radio Live. And coming up at 6, we'll have the high school huddle with the captain himself, Morgan Aylers. He's got a great lineup of guests coming up tonight, area coaches, Double B. You'll get set for all the area high school football action on this Friday night leading up to D.H. Conley and Kerry Vikings trying to pick up their first win of 2021 after losing last week. All right, let's uh, get a break in. We will come back when we return. Let's hear from Donnie Kay, Donnie Kirkpatrick, East Carolina offensive coordinator. He spoke with the media earlier this week. Following ECU football practice, we'll talk Mason Garcia, Ryan Jones, App State, and a whole lot more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Got our Bud Light ECU report, a huge Bud Light uh, giveaway today as well. How about a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles and a 12-pack of Red Oak Hummingbird Golden Lager? We'll also throw in a shirt, koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. It can all be yours in Hour 3 of today's show, Free Beer Friday. we got our Bud Light EC report when we return after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, you can follow us at PR927FM. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at free PR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on a football Friday and a free beer Friday here on Pirate Radio Live. Can't wait to talk to Kevin Monroe at 5 o'clock. Get his thoughts on the 2021 Pirates. We'll look at App State. Uh, and Kevin's got to be excited. This could be the best ECU secondary 
we've seen in years will run over the secondary with the former ecu defensive back camo coming up uh, here on pirate radio live right now we'll talk some offense and hear from donnie kirkpatrick as part of our bud light ecu report you can pick up some bud light this weekend and enjoy week zero or you can win an hour three of today's show be giving away some bud light along with some hummingbird golden lager as well coming up uh in just a little bit uh let's hear from donnie kirkpatrick steven Igo asked donnie k about mason garcia getting that backup spot for east carolina heading into the opener against app state and here's donnie's talk uh on mason garcia well i think that uh Mason's had a good opportunity to be that number two. And, uh, you know, I guess I made a lot of comments. I don't know what coach had said exactly, that nobody separated or whatever, that we'd watch that last scrimmage and uh, go back and review really the last week of practice. And when he did that and we did that, he, he gave us the best chance. We thought he was trending the best way. Tremendous talent, you know what I'm saying, just needs more playing time. We feel good about him. He's got one game experience in there. You know, I hope that we could play, you know, in a role where he didn't have to start right away, but you don't always have that luxury. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about Mason's future. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked if uh, something happens to Holton Hailers, is he comfortable putting Mason Garcia in? Is Garcia ready to roll as the Pirates' top quarterback? Well, you know, I'd probably throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you there a little bit. But, no, I really would. You know what I'm saying? We, we would have a package ready for him. Obviously, I don't think he's ready to be Holt Nailers, you know what I'm saying, with that experience and have maybe the complete playbook with checks and, you know, different things like that available to him. But at the same time, he's got great ability. You know, we know he, he's a great dual threat. He can run. He's big. You know, he, he can be physical. And he has got a cannon for an arm. And so, yeah, we'd roll with him. I mean, every day we, we, when, they are, when they're in there, they're playing like they're the starter. Every day in the meeting room. You know, they're responsible to be preparing just like they're the starter. So uh, you're, you're never probably totally ready till you get out there. But he's been out there. So I, I really would expect him to be excited and ready to go. All right, Holden Aylers, QB1, Mason Garcia, the backup. Donnie Kirkpatrick talked about the rest of the quarterback room. Well, it gets to the point when the season gets ready to start, and that's kind of what we're in right now. We've kind of gone from phase one to phase two. Now we're in game, you know, like mode. The, the other guys don't get a lot of reps. You know what I'm saying? The number three guy kind of learns by osmosis. He kind of stands. He gets a few scaly reps. He gets to throw the drills. He gets to do the one-on-ones. But he has to just participate mentally because you just don't have enough time to – or you can't put the lineman through all those reps for that guy to get, you know, very many reps. So, uh, right now, Ryan Stubblefield looks like he probably would be the third guy to go. Alex Flynn's still in there competing with that a little bit, I think. Uh, so Stubby can bring some, he's got some energy now. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had said earlier in the scrimmages in the stadium, our threes and twos were, were not very good. They kind of made the scrimmages a little bit ugly at times. But on the field out there, Ryan has definitely shown some uh, ability to move the ball, though. So he's a guy who's just not going to get a lot of reps right now because you're, you're the number three. Chandler's rooting for Ryan Stubblefield, so you can call him, uh, is it Stubby? Stubbs? What'd you call him? I like both of those nicknames. Stubby. Stubby. Maybe we'll see some stubby. Look uh, good in the spring. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, let's stick with the quarterbacks. Steven Igo asked Coach Kirkpatrick, how much freedom does Holden Aylers have now at the line of scrimmage to audible, to change plays, to change looks? Well, more and more, yeah. And, and as he continues to make good decisions, 
you know, we will continue to, to let him do that more and more. Today's game, though, defenses are just so multiple now. I mean, when I went to college, you know, the, the offense playbook was about, was about this thick and the defense was like a flyer. You know what I'm saying? You, you ran the 50 defense or you were a four down. You maybe had one change up. Now their playbook's bigger than our playbook. They've got so many different personnel groupings in there, so many different stunts. Nobody plays base defense. Everybody's got some kind of a scheme going. So you have to have the ability for your quarterback to get you out of some bad looks because there's going to be some overloads, there's going to be some bad looks, and get you into another play. So a lot of it's just that. You just got to make some checks. And then, you know, then the rest of it, quarterbacks have to make decisions on everything. You know, it, not just the RPO game, do you run, do you pass, but you got to make decisions on reads and different things like that. The other big thing with, with our system is the quarterbacks have to know the protection. So they have to line up. So they've got to see where the pressure's coming and that's, a, and that's different. There are different keys every week. Uh, Appalachian State's defense is not that different from our own defense in far as the way they initially line up. But all the tendencies, all the keys are different. So now we've been in 14, 15 practices, and we've been coaching, you know, what's the safety? He will give this away, or this linebacker does this. Now we're in, and we got a couple extra days, which is kind of nice on that first game those tendencies are no more. Now we're having to study well, their, their tendency is this. You've got to look for this. Uh, East Carolina kind of treating the scrimmages, especially the second one, like preseason football. You know what you got from your vets, so you're not going to run them uh, that much. And, and we saw that with Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. So Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked, you know, are those guys healthy and fresh uh, heading into – this week of, of practice preparation and the season opener Thursday against Appalachian State. Yeah, we neither scrimmage did Keaton or Raji get a lot of the reps. Now they got a lot of the reps, you know, in the practices out there. But the emphasis in the scrimmages really were who would be the next guy. You know, what I'm saying we got to find that third guy. We got some good competition going on there uh, for that. That'll be an ongoing competition, but. They've played a lot. The running backs take so much punishment. They give out some punishment, but they take so many hits that you just can't afford to to get those guys too banged up. And uh, so we rested them as much as we can. Now they're they're workers. They don't like to to not be in there. They're competitive kids, and and they've got their own little friendly rivalry going as well. You know what I'm saying? So you know I don't try to get in the way of that. But they know the ones that count for them are the ones in the games. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick there on the running backs. Speaking of running backs and uh, maybe a receiver as well, he was asked about Macy O'Donnell's role. Macy o, uh put on scholarship this offseason, has been playing some uh, at the receiver position as well, and he was asked about his role. Well, he's going to have to do both. He's going to have to be that hybrid player that, as you know, somebody's out this week, you're going to have to go do this. He did a great job through the most part of the camp playing running back. I think there are some some plays or some situations where he's a pretty good back, you know, especially third down, some different things like that. Some of the wider type plays, he can really give you uh, a burst of, of speed there. With Tyler Sneed, who was out, now Tyler could have went. Tyler's fine. Tyler's played a thousand some plays, you know, whatever. So, you know, the trainer was like, well, we, I think he can go to scrimmage. We're like, why? You know, why would we put him out there right now? Tyler Steed's the same every day. As Houghton told me, he said, I think Tyler, as long as he's there for pregame, I think he'll be fine. He'll play the same game. But with him down, we kind of started to notice Josiah was out. 
he was out. Okay, well, maybe some of the other guys are not quite ready. Maybe Bezos had a good camp. Let's put him in here. So he's just going to really be the emergency player that's going to have to fill in everywhere, and we'll have to work him both ways. So he has to kind of get with the receiver coaches. He has to kind of get with the running back coaches, and he has to kind of go to both. But he's a sharp enough guy that he can do that. A lot of talk about the tight ends this offseason and that room finally being full in year three of Mike Houston. Donnie Kirkpatrick gave his thoughts on how tight ends have been used previously and, and maybe how that will look different in 2021. Well, we haven't thrown it to them maybe as much, you know, as, as we would like to have thrown it to them. Uh, some of that was because maybe that's not probably what they were good at. Well, I say when we got here, I've told the story many times, we, we didn't have a tight end. You know, Xavier Smith, I guess, had been the tight end. He, he was going back to linebacker. So we had, had one guy, I guess he came back, he'd had a broke hand the year before, and, you know, really he had hands like feet, so he really couldn't catch it. So we didn't throw it to him very often anyhow. Jeremy Lewis, we would have thrown it to more. He did catch a touchdown early in the year, and then he stayed hurt most of the year, so we didn't get a chance to do that. But the tight ends were in there blocking like crazy. They, they've been in there a lot. We're a lot of tight end formations, a lot of tight end, you know, different guys. This year, though, we can throw it to them. Uh, Shane Calhoun kind of came on last year, had a pretty good rookie season, you know, really went by my expectation. I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be that good that early. Ryan Jones, obviously, is a receiving type tight end. So, you know, when you get one, then you kind of get two. Then you start saying, well, now we can put more stuff in. Okay, put more stuff in. And so right now in practice, we're throwing it to him quite a bit out there. All right. Uh, that could be a, uh, a piece of this offensive puzzle in 2021. Speaking of tight ends, uh, starting to hear more about Ryan Jones coming along towards the end of fall camp. What's the update on the transfer from Oklahoma? You know, he's, he's as good an athlete as anybody around, and, and we knew that. We had some friends, obviously, that were at the school that he came from, and they said, you know, he's going to probably be one of your best athletes on the team, if not your best athlete. Now, he, he played a lot of different positions. He played all defense. Uh, in high school, he was a true wide receiver. You know, he's 240-some pounds now, so he's not really going to be a, you know, prototypical type wide receiver. He needs to be that hybrid tight end. But he got here, he had to learn, you know, what are the signals, what are the plays. You guys are crazy the way y'all practice out here and a lot of things. He had to learn all those different things. This this camp will come by after being here for spring and summer. He's been a total new new guy. Now he knows what to do. He's got a spring in his step. He, he's he's he's. I think he's on the the verge of breaking loose here. I really I really hope that we can get him involved. But not only as a pass receiver because those guys got a block too. All right, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked about the changes at practice now that we are. Uh, in a game week as opposed to what they've been doing on the practice field? Well, you, you start to narrow down. You know, when you go through the camp, you have an install sheet. You're going to put this in day one. I'm going to put this in day two. Then maybe day three you're going to repeat, you know, whatever. But you, you end up putting in something in every day. It's just install, install. Let's get this in here. Let's look at it. Let's see how this fits us. All right, let's change this. Let's move this. Now that we know we're playing one team, we're just narrowing everything down into this is what's good, we think, versus what they do. So your, your focus just narrows into the, the plays you're going to call, the formations you're going to call. You're not in, in the camp. You're playing everybody. Like I say, you look up, you know, who was in there. You know what I'm saying? Now it's a travel squad. you got about 30-some guys offensively that will really be ready to play. So you're giving all your work on your field just to those guys. 
And Donnie was asked, you know, how scripted would the uh, plays be for Appalachian State when it comes to scripting the start of the game and, and how all that works? Well, uh, it's a game plan. It, it's a game plan, and it's more of a situational scrimmage. You have plays that you would call on what we call P and 10, which is the first play of each drive, which you think are good openers based on the tendencies. Are they a pressure team? Are they a, play a little bit more conservatively on the first down of the, each series right there? You have second long, you know, you have third medium. You have all the different situations as you get into what's the mythical red zone. You know, you have to, it kind of has to change based on their tendencies, goal line play. So you have all different sections. And then you kind of script within, like, well, this will probably be my first third long call. This will be my third, you know, first third medium call. So it's like that. And then there's a little thing usually before the game, most games, I probably do a little bit of the old Bill Walsh. I probably script a little lucky number of plays that I want to get run. A lot of that's because you think, obviously, well, these are going to work based on what you've been watching on tape. But also they're like, well, I want to set up maybe another play. So I'm going to make sure we run this. And then we see, well, how do they defend that? Or you're going to do a motion to see, like, well, what does that do to them? And then you might just have a play, well, this play will be okay. You know, this, this would be a pretty safe play. Later thinking, well, if they adjust like we hope they will adjust, that's where maybe that big play will come from. So that's kind of the process of, of what you do. Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, part of our Bud Light ECU report. We'll hear from Blake Harrell. Coming up next hour, Kevin Monroe as well, as uh, Kevin will join us live coming up uh, when we return from uh, our next timeout. Uh, I saw this score while uh, we were running over those Donnie Kirkpatrick cuts. Um, Shirley and Chandler, Team USA women uh, the under-16 national team, uh, Team USA women, played Costa Rica in basketball. There were 133 points scored in the game combined. What do you think the final score was? 133 points? Yeah. I'm going to go 131-2. to Okay. Chandler? Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go 90-40. to 40. Well, believe it or not... Uh, Shirley was closer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 121 to 12. Whoa. <laughs> if I was that coach, I wouldn't tell nobody. Team USA women's under-16 national team won 121 to 12. Good grief. Woo-wee. That's I, brutal, man. I'm kind of upset they didn't just go for the shutout there. Like, 12? Let's make that 8 or 5 or 0. But uh, that is an alarming score there. All right. Anyway, I just saw that. All right. Let's take a time out. We'll come back when we return. Kevin Monroe joins us. We'll talk all things pirate football. Get you ready for ECU and Appalachian State. Maybe talk some NFL as well as KMO has some dealings uh, with those athletes. He's also, unfortunately, a Cowboys fan. So uh, we'll dive into all of that when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Hour three on the way. Also, Free Beer Friday will make you a winner in our next hour as well. We'll be back after this. You're 
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Got damage? Damage from wood rot? Fixed. Damage from smoke or fire? Fixed. Damage caused by water? Fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, coming up at the end of this segment, we will make you a winner. It is Free Beer Friday. We've got a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles and a 12-pack of Red Oak Humminbird Golden Lager. Also, we'll throw in a shirt, koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's Free Beer Friday, presented by Bud Light. And every day, especially game day, is better. With an ice-cold Bud Light, grab some for Week Zero on Saturday and for Thursday night when the Pirates take on Appalachian State at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. And Kevin Monroe will be on the call alongside the voice Jeff Charles. Uh, coming up on Thursday night, he joins us now on the Fixed NC Live line. Kevin, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Cliff. How you guys doing? We're fired up. We're ready to go. Kevin, you've had uh, some good moments there, I guess, at Bank of America Stadium. The uh, Every time I hear no flags on the field, I think of Kevin Monroe on the call when T.J. Lee ran in the block punt against Virginia Tech. And then think about that 2011 opener against South Carolina. The Pirates were putting it to Spurrier in the Gamecocks in the first half, and, man, it, it got away from them quick there in the second half but uh kevin the pirates i believe three and two uh beat west virginia beat nc state beat virginia tech did you play in any of those games in the 90s in charlotte kevin i put yeah i played in the nc state game uh i, I want to say that was 96 i think i was a redshirt freshman uh so it was my first year on the field i was mostly on special teams but i can remember getting in late in the game because we we that was a bit of a blowout so we won that game big so I remember getting in the game late as a corner, playing most of the fourth quarter. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to – I think it was Alvis Wittett maybe who was the, the track star. Hmm. And I was cover, I was covering him, and all he did was run uh, go routes and post routes. So I just was backpelling and flying out of there every play because he didn't run anything else. And he was he had just beaten Carl Lewis, I think, in the, in the Olympic <laughs> trials that, that year. So it was uh, – it was, it, was, it was definitely very interesting. But, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, definitely had some good memories at, at NC State, or playing against NC State in Charlotte. I hadn't heard that name in a while. Wasn't he a Jaguar? Wasn't he in the league for a little bit, Kevin? He was. He was. Yeah. But he played. He didn't, he didn't last very long. Everybody realized he could only go deep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was fast. Alvis Witted. And how about uh, 2008, uh, your, your go from the field to the booth, Kevin, and uh, – you called that uh, that blog punt by T.J. Lee a great defensive performance by the Pirates that day. They got enough offense in the second half and then were able to to win it there at the end with the special teams. Yeah, and, and I guess even before I got there, I forgot to mention that obviously I, I signed as a free agent with the Panthers yeah. uh, in 2000, so I played two home games there. So I got as a player, I got to play you know as, as a Panther there. But, yeah, that, that game uh, versus Virginia Tech, uh, it was a good season just in general – uh, with, with with defense playing well all year long, uh, and the coach Holt and uh, yeah, that that block punt kind of set the tone uh, for that season. Returning that returning that in was it, it was kind of special and it was it was fun to call that. Uh, so just thinking about all the, the big calls over the years, just 
gets me excited about the season starting up. Absolutely, and uh, and, and let's start with the defense, Kevin. I, I'm on board with, you know, I, I've said it this offseason. I think they take another step here in 2021. Defensive line is a bit of a concern, but I love the veteran linebackers. And look, this secondary, Kevin, and then as a DB, uh, I know you got to be excited about the potential of this 2021 secondary with guys like Jaquan McMillan returning and, you know, Nolan Johnson, Juwan Powell, DJ Ford is a newcomer who looks like he's going to make an immediate impact. Uh, younger guys like Tegan Wilk, veterans like Warren Saba. You've got a lot of knowns there in the secondary, uh, Kevin, and a lot of guys that have played uh, some pretty good football for ECU. So I'm excited about that position in particular. Well, what's your take on the secondary this year? Yeah, they certainly come back as the as the best part of the defense, right? You, you've got guys with a lot of experience. Uh, some of these guys have been playing since they were freshmen. And, you know, they were on some bad defenses early on. I think they would admit to that and got a lot better last year, took, took some big leaps last year. Now, they still gave up, you know, 35 points a game last year, you know, 246 yards through the air each game. But we could definitely tell as a fan, as a broadcaster, that they were doing things much better, finding the football in the air, making plays on the football. And I've gone on record saying Jaquan McMillan, I think, is, is the best corner we've had here in a long, long time. So I think he's, he's certainly held his own. Uh, the corners on the other side have to, have to step up uh, and, and kind of meet him where he is. But, yeah, just seeing some of these safeties, some of these backup players doing it game in and game out, showing that they deserve to have uh, some opportunities back there. And then some of these younger guys coming along uh, towards the end of last year and then in camp this year pushing, pushing some of these these, vars- these, uh, these veteran guys. Uh, it makes it exciting because you know they've got a lot of competition in camp, making those receivers better, but also that back into that defense. Uh, should be a lot better this year. And that linebacker position has a lot of knowns as well, Kevin, with Xavier Smith and, and Bruce Bibbins, Aaron Ramsour has played a lot of football. Uh, you know, Miles Berry's a name we, we've started to hear a little bit of. And if you want to throw Jaira Wilson, Gerard Stringer, and I don't know what exactly that position is, but it's either a linebacker or a, a, a safety-type player. But that position has been pretty good over the last two years with those two guys. Uh, I, I'm excited about the linebackers. Again, I go back to the D-line. That's where you have the most unknowns. But as far as the back, uh, I guess, uh, part of that defense with the linebackers and secondary, you feel pretty confident, right? You can't say enough about guys like Bruce Bivens. I mean, you know, if, if, if one thing came out of COVID is getting everybody that extra year back and last year not counting. Uh, so to get some of these guys back uh, that are just playmakers, Bivens and Xavier Smith, uh, and then you mentioned Wilson and Stringer. Those two guys were just all over the field last year, and we didn't even really know what to expect out of them. And they, you know, up there with some of the top tacklers. So uh, that linebacking core is strong. The guys behind them, uh, guys like Miles Berry, have gotten plenty of playing time. And so, uh, you know, I don't expect, as far as talent goes, the linebacking crew has the most talent. Uh, the DBs probably have the most experience. Uh, and you're right, the, the defensive line it, it does get a little a little dicey up there. But there's some guys. Like uh, Ricky Abreu and Elijah yeah. Morris that had some playing time, uh, that know what to do. It's just, it's just. It, last year we had such a, a deep rotation, right? So you were rotating in sometimes ten, twelve defensive linemen in every game. So you you have to think that's gonna, you know, have some benefits this season because so many guys got got playing time. And, and should be better a year later. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out exactly their, their best four uh, or three that they want to go out there. Uh, Elijah Morris is one of those. Rick DeBruz is one of those. And we'll see 
who else uh, kind of steps up alongside those guys. Kevin, as we move to the offensive side of the ball, Holt Naylor's has played a lot of football here uh, in Greenville for East Carolina. We've seen some good. We've seen some bad. Well, what do you want him to do, Kevin? What does he need to do uh, here in uh, this 2021 season to, to maybe take that next step to be a, a, a great, you know, uh, producing uh, quarterback for ECU? I don't think last year was his best year, and I want him to take a step forward. I want him to take a big step forward. I think the year before and the year before that were better years for him, and I don't know if at some point you get to where you're the starting quarterback and everyone's counting on you, and maybe that pressure you know, makes you not cut it loose as much. Uh, you know, he was When he beat Carolina as a freshman, you know, it was like he was just kind of out there just playing football like he was in high school, running around, getting after it. I want to see that Holt Naylor's back. Um, he was a little bit too tight. Uh, you know, he, he was, you know, eyeing down receivers and, and made some throws that, you know, were, were tough throws. He, I thought he bounced back the last two games of the season. You know, he, I mean, that game against SMU was incredible. Uh, so I, I'd love to see him just take care of the football, but also just run that, run that offense, you know, like he's, like, he's not, like he's not tense, like he's not nervous, and go out there and just be a playmaker. And I think he can do that. So, we, you know, we're, we're excited to have him. We're lucky to have him. And I, and I want him to feel that way and go out there and just play ball. He's got a couple of great backs behind him, Kevin. Two freshmen that really emerged last year with Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. And it looks like a 1A, 1B situation. In fact, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, they had both of them at the podium at the same time answering questions from the media. So it's a two-headed monster back there uh, in the backfield. Yesterday, Ronnie Woodward was on from the Daily Reflector. We did some over-unders, and I set the combined rushing yards from Harrison Mitchell at 1400 uh they had i think 1100 and some change last year maybe the high 1000s but i put it at 1400 and i don't know how that would be split between the two i don't think it's going to be a true 50 50 i say rajay has a little bit more than keaton but kevin we could really see these guys uh truly split time split carries listen the the days of the the adrian petersons of the world getting 30 40 carries and three or four touchdowns they're just over even the nfl now Every team is splitting backs. I mean, you, you look at guys like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram from a couple of years ago and, and guys like that, that that are star backs in their own regard. They're sharing carries. And then when you see them interview after the games, they're pumping each other up. And so to watch Raji Harris and Keaton Mitchell, as you said, be interviewed a couple of days ago and talk about how, you know, how much they liked the other one and how, how the, they were yin and yang and how they needed each other. Yeah, that's the new age of running back. And, and, and so now Zeke Elliott is not, is not afraid to have Tony Pollard go in there and get some carries. And that's the way it is in college now. These guys, aren't, they're not so competitive. I mean, it may not have been that way back when you know, it was Jamie Wilson and Leonard Henry. You know, they wanted to, wanted to beat each other, right? They wanted to get in there and, and be the starter. It's not like that anymore. So I'm, I'm happy that they've got at least two backs. And I know they've got a couple more behind them that can do it as well. So I'm excited to see what these two young guys can do, uh, you know, catapulting forward from last year because I know they'll be good. And I don't feel that animosity that it used to be in the past when you were when you were sharing carries with another running back. Yeah, Kevin, and at this time last year, we were talking more about Penix, Chase Hayden, heck, even Demetrius Mooney, who uh, I think led the team in rushing in 2019. And we didn't know a lot about Rajay Harris. We didn't know hardly anything about Keaton Mitchell. And they became the stars. So this year... Uh, Kevin, we're, we're not going to talk a ton about Pop McKay right now or about Macy O'Donnell or any of the other backs in the backfield, but by week seven, week eight, you, you're, you might know a lot more about those guys. Oh, there's no question. And, and the, the unfortunate thing, knock on wood, there's always injuries at running back, right? Someone yeah. always gets nicked up. Even if, even if it's something small, 
someone always has an injury for a game or two. And so you got to have that next guy step up. They're getting hit so much, you got to have the next guy ready. So, yeah, having some of those guys you mentioned uh, as backups or, or just during the game that can, that can come in and spell those guys for a couple plays is huge. you got to have that depth. Kevin, you talked about what you wanted to see from Holden Aylers taking a step to that next level. C.J. Johnson, man, the catch numbers were way down last year. The touchdown numbers were up. The average yards per catch was up. Uh, but that low catch number for him, that's got to take a major leap in 2021. What do you want to see out of C.J. Uh, coming up in his third year? You know, I'd like to see more route running and, and less just kind of running down the field and throwing his hands up saying I'm open when you got a DB draped all over you now. And to his credit, he, he makes some incredible catches with DBs draped all over him. He knows that if you just throw it, I'll come down with it. And so he has that mentality where it, it wasn't just this great off the ball, I'm going to beat you off the ball and get open route running. And so uh, I, I want to see some more of that. I want to see CJ catch some balls where he's wide open and, and, and people not all over him. And I think that was part of his catch numbers going down was that, you know, Holton you know, popped up and looked over there and he was covered and he didn't want to throw it to him covered, you know, that often. And so uh, he looks like he's trimmed up a little bit. He looks stronger. He looks more explosive in, in the clips that I've seen. So I'm excited to see him just kind of go forward, run good routes, and be open. And it, that's easier on everybody when you're open and you can catch balls and just run after the catch. <laughs> Donnie Kirkpatrick said, uh, too, that he had a ton of uh, yards on PIs last year on uh, drawing pass interferences, which means, again, DBs are all over him. So good call there. I think Tyler Sneed. Uh, it's certainly going to be open quite a bit in uh, in 2021, Kevin. And now, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about the position, but the Blake Pro loss, uh, you know, who who, who makes catches, uh, Kevin, outside of your top two there? Is it uh, somebody in the tight end position? I don't know, but that, that Blake Pro loss could be looming large. Somebody's going to have to step up there outside of Snead and CJ. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, it's a it's a guy that like a Josiah Hatfield or yeah. you know, Omatosho or somebody somebody gets back in, in the mix and starts to make plays. But man, I mean Blake Prohl was just incredible. He was always the guy that was open on third down outside of Tyler Schneed that can make that catch. You can always count on him and we're we're definitely gonna miss him. I, I mean I, I think the, the, the Vikings are gonna miss him this year with him going down with that injury. But yeah. It, it's it's gonna take somebody stepping up. And I can remember the offensive coordinator saying last year that Tyler Schneed at the beginning of the season, was the best offensive player on the team. I thought that was a huge statement, but he showed it last year, didn't he? So this 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 kid just makes play after play after play. I think he comes into the season, again, the best offensive player the Pirates have. But this time around, off uh, defenses are going to be keying off. And so he won't be open all the time like he used to be. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if C.J. can get open, if some of these younger guys can get open, some of these veteran guys that have played a lot but haven't made very many plays can get open to spell him a little bit. Kevin, I saved the O-line for last because it's, uh, again, it's got a lot of question marks there. Uh, Bailey Malavik has transformed his body and, and gotten much bigger. Steve Shankweiler is, uh, has talked about how much um, he likes this line compared and the depth of this line compared to when he first got here and, and how it's, it's night and day. So we're expecting that. But, you know, you, Nolan Henderson or Noah Henderson, we still don't know if he's going to be ready to go. You still got a lot of question marks. They're moving Avery Jones to center, which means Fernando Fry is now a reserve. He started every game last year. So we're still kind of holding our breath, Kevin, uh, just hoping uh, that that O-line can help East Carolina be productive in the run game and, uh, and keeping Holden clean. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're past the point to where you just want five guys to not mess it up, right? Now you need five guys to dominate because you've got such good guys at running back. You've got a guy at quarterback that can make the throws if he has time. 
So you need these guys to gel and actually start to make plays. And so, as you said, with guys being moved around, there have been some injuries, uh, people going to different positions, you don't know if they will be ready to gel, specifically, you know, be ready for game one in a week from now. So I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's one of those positions I don't know a whole lot about, but I know that Coach Shankweiler does. I know he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, and I know he will have them ready to play. But ready, being ready to play is not good enough sometimes. We need them to be dominate. We need them to be to go out and dominate um, defensive lines and, and make it easier on the running back, easier on, on Holt Nailers. And that remains to be seen. We'll have to see next week uh, if they've gotten to that point yet. But as of right now, it looks like it could be one of the more dicier uh, position groups on the team. All right, here's some fan service for you listeners out there. This is what they want to hear. Kevin, when you look at the schedule, how many pirate wins do you see in 2021? Well, you know, more than last year. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love to see them be bowl eligible. I think that would be a, a huge leap forward. Um, but every year the schedule gets tougher and tougher. I mean, this is, this is a tough conference. You know, we thought when we got into this conference, you know, we thought that we'd be able to dominate it, and we just haven't yet. And so uh, we, we will see. I, I would love to see six wins. Um, I don't know if we're there yet, but certainly more than last year. Are you uh, you surprised, or what is your thoughts, Kevin, when you see Appalachian State minus 10, minus 10 and a half? That number has actually gone down from 14 and a half. But, you know, do, do you have to kind of take a second look at that and say, wait, are we that far down from App State? Or, yeah, well, we kind of are uh, the way it's gone these past few years. Well, what's your take on that? You know what? I think, I think this is a game the Pirates can win and will win. That being said, I, I was shocked. I, I was shocked just because – and not because of App State. It's not taking anything away from them. I've seen them get huge win after huge win over the years. I've seen them dominate in Conference USA. I, I know what they're capable of, but I just know that whenever we play them, we have usually been favored and we have usually come out on top. And so just to see that we're at this point now to where – and it's not even at home. You know, it's not even at App that they would be such huge favorites. I, mean, I almost had to relook at what odds meant. Like, what's the negative and what's the plus? <laughs> it was just shocking. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I know that they got all their guys back, especially on defense. You know, I, I know that they are, are very good and very well coached. It just seems wrong. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't sit well with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you had to do a double take there. But the, their program and, – and look, they've been a lot like Temple, Kevin, where – Temple's been able to to make that key hire once their coach gets hired away. Now Rod Carey, there, there's some question marks on him, the new Temple coach, and and uh, maybe they finally uh, did not make a home run hire. But App State somehow has been able to do that. Uh, they have had schools coming after their coaches. We've seen it the last couple of years. Yeah, and you know what? Now that they've stepped up to play with the big dogs and in, in, in the bigger conferences, and, and and they're not you know playing FCS football. I think the pressure does pick up on these coaches. Before, I think, you know, hey, we're a little at state, and if we sneak up and beat you or we win our conference or we go deep in the playoffs, everybody's excited. But now you've proven that you can do it at the next level, and now it's going to be expected of you, right? And it's so much harder when there's these expectations. So we'll see how they continue to recruit. We'll see how they continue to, to coach and play. And if they can continue to win games like the one, you know, coming up next week, I think, uh, it'll only boost their program, but man, they've come a long ways. And 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 I know a lot of people are. I, I love going up there to that that Boone Bowling Rock area and vacation. But to think that they'd be ten point, you know, favorite by Pirates is is, is surprising. And, and they, they've come a long way. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we can have something to say about that coming up on Thursday. You'll hear Kevin Monroe with the voice, Jeff Charles, on the call at Bank of America Stadium. We'll talk a little NFL before we let you go, Kevin. Have you watched Hard Knocks this year? You know that I have. <laughs> you know that I have. I've, I've enjoyed it. 
Uh, but I also know that every year I watch Hard Knocks, I feel great about that team. Right. And that team that team usually doesn't make you feel as good when you're watching the regular season. <laughs> Kevin, I hate to talk about your team this way and your head coach, but Mike McCarthy showing Austin Powers to fire up his team. What what the hell is that about? <laughs> Listen, I don't get too caught up in the quirkiness of coaches. <laughs> I just want them to do, do what they're supposed to be doing on game day. Well, then again, yeah, you were with Steve Logan. If you got caught up with quirkiness, you would have never known a play at ECU probably. I mean, I – I, you would have thought Steve Logan was nuts, and and, and here we are, twenty years later, and, and all my teammates, former teammates, are all still quoting his lines. <laughs> uh, you know, so he, yeah, but he he was a great coach, and that's that sometimes that's what it takes for you to be a little bit different. Look, I'll, I'll say it: your boys are, are scary on offense. I got CD Lamb breaking out in twenty twenty one from a fantasy perspective. I think he has a monster year, even though there's a lot of mouths to feed there. But it uh, it kind of comes down to Dak, right? I mean, do you believe he is a hundred percent ready to go for the uh, opener? It's hard to say because we haven't seen him throw much. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about the secondary uh, and what that defense can do. You know, they, they've got some good linebackers. They've got a good defensive line, but they give up way too much in the secondary. They don't give enough pressure sometimes on the quarterback. Uh, and so if they can be better on, on uh, in the secondary, I think they'll have a good year. And, Kevin, before we let you go, I said something nice about the Cowboys. Can you say something nice about the Washington football team? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I like, I like, was it McLaren, McLaren? Wow. Oh, that is a, a major slide. Terry McLaurin is his name. You know that. That is, that's brutal, Kevin. <laughs> he, he's a good player. Uh, you know, I think you guys, you know, will be okay. I mean, it's a, it's a bad conference. It is, so, yeah. You know, if, if you finish second to the Cowboys conference, then that'll be good. <laughs> Kevin, always enjoy it, man. We plan to talk a lot of pirate football with you here in 2021. We appreciate you joining us today, and uh, have a great call on Thursday, man. Will do, Clip. Appreciate it. There is Kevin Monroe, uh, former Pirate DB, now the color analyst. And, uh, yeah, he's had a lot of run-ins there at, I guess, Erickson Stadium and then Bank of America Stadium as a Pirate player, as a Panthers player as an announcer and uh, will now be on the call and you know kevin has a lot going on he is not as locked in year around as we are to pirate football and he's probably you know i don't know how locked in he is to what app state's doing unless they're on the schedule but i bet there was a lot of people like kevin monroe that saw that line and their first thought was this has got to be a mistake um i kind of get it just because I'm, I'm locked in year to year day to day with ecu and how far you know the program has fallen i think it is on the the way up don't get me wrong but they uh, how ecu has gone down uh the roller coaster on the dip and how app state has been on that incline with what they've been able to do and it's impressive what they've been able to do losing coaches as well and still keeping up that level of play uh there in the Sun Belt. but i bet there was a lot of people that saw ecu a double digit underdog to little old appalachian state and thought it was a mistake or that uh yeah they uh they read something wrong but hey that is the case that is the reality now it's time for the pirates to go out and prove that they are not double-digit underdogs to a Sun Belt Appalachian State and should not be. Uh, we will find out in mere days, six days away from kickoff and the Bud Light pregame tailgate, 3.30 on Thursday. Let's give away some Bud Light right now and open up the booty bag. 
Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, we got a doozy for you today. It is Free Beer Friday. How about a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles, a 12-pack of Red Oak Hummingbird Golden Lager, a Bud Light shirt, koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. What a prize pack we have for you today on Free Beer Friday. Shirley, what caller are you looking for? Number 12. Caller 12, 317-1250. When we return, our Bud Light ECU report continues. Comments from Blake Harrell on the way after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. And congratulations to Steve Hill, who picked up a uh, 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles, 12 Red Oak Humminbird Golden Lager, Bud Light shirt and koozies, and a large two-topping pizza at Domino's Free Beer Friday. Brought to you by Bud Light. Every day, especially game day, is better with an ice-cold Bud Light. Pick up some Bud Light today as your favorite retailer. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989 and the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday, a football Friday. Week zero coming up tomorrow, so we got some football games. And man, we uh, once we get through the weekend, we'll have uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of shows. And then on Thursday... No Pirate Radio Live because we will be inside the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Holy cow. Game week has officially... And, you know, usually when we do week one, we usually have the whole week to prepare. Yeah. Oh, no. We got a short turnaround, too. Short week. Ooh. I'm ready. I'm excited. So, if I go running out the building yelling, just give me a minute. I'll come right back. Today is Sunday, by the way. Yeah. Hey. It's our Sunday. Yeah. Tomorrow's our Monday. Is Chick-fil-A open? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What if the Chick-fil-A in Greenville was actually closed because we were all treating this? We're as recognizing as this day <laughs> as a Sunday. Oh, crap. I forgot to go to the church this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Thursday, 3.30, Bud Light pregame tailgate. Uh, after the game, Thursday night, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. There's something new about that show, Clip. I what is it a very tan man billy weaver will be alongside me awesome and uh he's fired up we're fired up ready to go taking your calls throughout the night and into friday morn uh coming up next week all right let's hear uh from blake harrell as we continue on our bud light ecu report as he spoke with the media earlier this week following practice and i guess so the talk has been the defense overall has looked better in the two scrimmages during fall camp Apparently, the defense had a setback on Tuesday. Uh, did they show up and play better on Wednesday? Here's what Blake Carroll had to say. Yeah, I think every day we can't miss an opportunity. I think I talked about that the other day. Um, just every rep's got to be better. 
And as coaches, we expect that better than the last rep. The next rep's got to be even better and better and better. And, uh, you know, we're eight days out. We got to continue to have urgency to, to be ready for App State and, and make sure everything's ready, game ready. And, uh, you know, you see guys pushing that way. I think yesterday the Heat probably buckled them a little bit, which is expected. But we, we kind of can't – you can't make excuses. It doesn't matter. It's hot. doesn't matter. You're tired. doesn't matter. Hey, you're eight days away. That should be enough to get you ready and get, get you right for uh, game time. Blake Harrell was asked how the defensive line for the Pirates is coming along. Yeah, excited about our depth all, all along our defense. Um, you know, up front, in the back, linebacker, wherever it may be. We expect uh, – we have a lot of guys that can go play and, and it's played in a ball game. And anytime you have experience coming back, it, it makes your job a little bit easier as coaches. Um, and we got to keep – continue to build that depth and keep pushing those guys forward, obviously. Uh, but we've got some guys, especially on the edge, that we feel like we're pretty solid too deep. And the guys inside, you know, they've played at least in some ball games. They still may be uh, – you know, first and second year players for the most part, but you know, you feel good that they, they've at least played in the ball game. A lot better shape more than a year ago for sure. All right. Uh Blake Carroll was asked if he has a set uh rotation as far as the amount of players he wants to see in and out of the game uh on the defensive line on game day for the Pirates. No, nah, we don't we don't have a set number so to speak. Uh you know, I think last year we, we did rotate a whole lot of bodies early on and that was you know, you're coming off COVID and you're coming off the, you know, all that stuff. So it's a different story there. Um, ideally, you'd like to play too deep for sure up front to keep those guys rotating and fresh. If we have to dig into a third guy or five guys on the edge for two spots or five guys inside for two spots, uh, you'd be okay with that. What, what happens is you get down to if you're rotating, you know, ones, twos, and threes all throughout practice, are they really getting enough reps to be game ready? Are they really seeing enough looks to be ready for App State or any football team that this falls? So you would like to say, hey, these four guys handle these two spots or these five guys handle these two spots. That way, every rep they get, they feel like, hey, come game time, I've seen everything I'm going to see, and I'm prepared, and I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, there is ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. Uh, he was also asked about Aaron Ramsour, another veteran linebacker still on this team. He has been around a long time, and he gave us an update on the Pirate linebacker. Yeah, I'm ready to see Aaron, too. I mean, you, we see flashes, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to see some consistency out of him, and that's, that's the big thing. Is We've all seen him from here and there, whether it's two years ago, I think the UCF game, last year, USF game. You see flashes that, hey, he, he can go stop and run, and he can get it on the ground, and he can trigger and fit holes and, and tackle ball carries and do all those things. We just got to see that on a consistent basis from Aaron. And he's getting there. He wants to. It's not that he doesn't want to. You know, it's just that he's got to be consistent every single day. But the one thing he's done this fall camp and this preseason to this point is stay healthy, which uh, he wasn't able to last year. So that's been a big plus for him. He's certainly in that rotation. And we just got to make sure he's locked in and game ready for App State. All right, there's Blake Carroll. Shirley, we still got a couple of breaks to get to, right? So let's take one here. We'll come back. We'll hear more from ECU defensive coordinator Blake Carroll. And uh, hear what he has to say about Appalachian State. New pieces on their offense. How do you prepare for that? Tim Dows, what kind of role has he had adding uh, his expertise to the defensive room? What changes will we see at practice this week? And uh, what guys on this roster on the defensive side live in the film room? We'll hear what Blake Carroll has to say to all those questions when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful, and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank and Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Their team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff Brock. All righty. On a Football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live, we'll close out the show talking football and hearing from ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. He spoke to the media after practice earlier this week and uh app state has a new quarterback a few new pieces uh, also a ton of returning starters so how do you go about preparing for them with uh some of the new pieces they have on the offensive side of the ball this is cut five yeah so there's some unknown there you, you've got a uh a receiver didn't play last year who caught 50 balls the year before you got bryce coming over from duke new offense system for him so he's played it you know three different colleges now clemson duke and now he's at state you got a new offense coordinator in Ponce that uh, was, was at Louisville. But, you know, you look at it, they're really kind of all still in the same family. I mean, Sutton, he was a big factor for them two years ago. You know, uh, Hennigan caught 80 balls that year. He caught 50 balls. We kind of see them the same. Maybe Sutton's got a little bit better speed. You know, I don't know. Both really dang good football players. I know that. Um, Ponce was there at App State before. Comes back. You know, you think they're going to still run the outside zone, the stretch play, throw play action pass, spread you out. You know, maybe he brings some of his stuff from Louisville in the third down passing game or in the, in the red zone there. So, And the quarterback, you know, uh, I think he's – I've been saying this. You know, I don't know if he gets – what kind of reputation he has coming from Duke, but he probably has a better system overall around him now. Receivers, tailbacks, O-line, you know, just has a better supporting cast. than maybe he had it at, at Duke. And I'm not sure. I don't know much about Duke. But that would be my guess because App State's a dang good football team and, and he's got, you know, really good set of receivers out there. Some old line that's nasty and some tailbacks is pretty deep in that stable there. All right, Blake Harrell there on Appalachian State. How about a new coach added to the mix for East Carolina? Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, also coaching up the edge rushers. Uh, how much has he helped uh, the defense as a whole coming in as a new coach? Yeah, he, he's done a great job in the edge room. And, and we, we're seeing you guys come off the ball, come off the edge, and get the quarterback here in, in preseason and, and done a nice job just building some depth out there. And I think they're playing better than they ever have. And he's brought new, you know, a lot of new thoughts to the room, and that's always good to have. Hey, maybe this is how we twisted things here or did things there. And, and so it's been good for us to kind of adopt some of those things and, and add them into our little package here. All right, Blake Carroll was also asked about what changes uh, will there be at practice now that we're leading up, uh, now that we're in game week. Yeah, so, so we've really been in App State preparation all week. You know, we finished up our last scrimmage last Saturday. Our App State preparation has been all week, but, you know, for, for coaches, guys that's been in the business for years and years, sometimes, you know, your preparation, 11, 12, 13 days out, doesn't matter if it's three days out, it's still the same. Sometimes for a 19, 20-year-old, you know, preparation for day 13, 13 days out versus eight days, seven days out may change. The urgency may change a little bit. So we got to keep ramping that up, make sure we tighten things up, make sure we, we communicate and, and ready to go. So that's, that's really the big part there is, is making sure those guys have the urgency, and, and they're getting there, and, and we're getting uh, closer and closer every day. 
And finally, Blake Harrell was asked uh, what guys on the defensive side of the ball live in the uh, film room. You know, Warren Saber is the guy that I always say he's a coach on the field. He's always going to be in the right spot, doing the right thing, communicating. He can call out things pre-snap um, and does a really nice job with that. And, and I think, you know, I think we talked about this one maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, that he wants to do that one day is, is be a coach. Uh, Elijah Morris does it up front. So you kind of got some guys at every level. Um, and Elijah does a really nice job recognizing things, starting in film, picking things up. Um, you know, and Miles Berry's one kind of in the middle, middle there that's – and can pick up some things pre-snap. So if each of those guys, each position, and collectively as, as a side of the ball, uh, defensive unit, we will do that. We can be pretty, you know, have a chance to give ourselves an opportunity to win ball games. All right, there is East Carolina defensive coordinator Blake Carroll. Again, uh, first time he's able to have a spring ball and a uh, uninterrupted fall camp and uh, is ready to go with this defense. And 2021 uh let me look at the total for ecu app state real quick again app state is uh around a 10 and a half point favorite total uh i believe is high 50s but i will check it real quick and we'll see what vegas thinks uh <clears throat> the score will be of this football game uh that number as far as 10 and a half has dropped from 14 and a half and i'm seeing it right now 10 and a half total at 58 and a half so chandler uh let's on the total 58 and a half you think ecu and uh, app state combined for over or under 58 and a half i think i'm going to go under 58 and a half okay so if it's 10 and a half i think that's just a tad bit too high 34 plus 24 would be 58 so they're saying a score of like 35 24 ish mm-hmm. would be the predicted so can ec and that's right around what ecu gave up per game last year right and ecu scored more than 24 you know well i feel good about our defense and then also the other day we were talking with ethan joyce he was talking about that front seven and the experience they have could this be a defensive battle in this game so, I, I don't know I, um so i'm t- i'm, I'm going to take the under at 58 and a half mm. all right what uh so what we'll talk about this next week but what kind of score are you thinking like a like a 24 to wow. 17 wow 28 to 21 man I, if it's that i mean i would be super impressed if our defense did that and uh disappointed if our offense didn't score more than you know i guess you have us winning at 28 yes okay yeah, I mean that'd be a pretty good number to put up. Yeah, but Ethan Joyce really—if we hold me... App State under twenty-eight, I will be ecstatic. ecstatic. Yeah, so uh, we shall see. I don't know. I don't have a uh, a pick as far as uh, I don't have a pick as far as the game or the total yet. But I guess I'll have to have something next week as we'll make do you, our. Do you disagree with my take? Do we not agree? I don't want to say I disagree. I do we not agree? I would say it's I do. It's fine if you do. I. I wanted to cuss right there. No crap. I just don't see a team finishing this game with 17 points. I would be shocked to see a team have 17 beside their name at the end of this game. Um, Even though I lo- you got a couple things in your favor. I think ECU's defense is going to be better. Early on, the defense for any team is ahead of the offense. So I see where you're going there. Maybe we see. I just we we. I would love to see fireworks in this game. 
Oh, and I would almost said maybe we see like an East Carolina Virginia Tech type game from 2008. Yeah. I just think the offenses are so advanced and it's so much tougher to stop offenses that I don't know if we ever see a game like that again. Don't don't get me wrong. I would love to see that the score go over the total. I would love to see fireworks in this game and it be a touchdown fest. I would rather see it your way. I'd rather see a dominant ECU defense on the field. Yeah. That's I just I'm so ready to see how this defense plays for the pirates and yeah. that i think i'm just very positive right now of how i could see this game going and right now it's a defensive battle between both both teams and All i right. think we're going to see an uptick in the defense for the pirates as well. well i hope you're right i hope so too i'm gonna go to 2017 ecu y'all are nuts absolutely nuts again i hope you're right but that is way too low 28 21 is not low Nah, that's not bad. But y'all keep throwing out these teens. Y'all are, and? Of, y'all are some teeny boppers over there. And you say it like it's such a bad thing. <laughs> What's right. wrong with being a teeny bopper? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I'm a teeny bopper all the time. Okay, fine. Y'all be little teeny boppers. I teeny bop all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> all right, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Uh, we'll give you one more Harold Warner the third update. Here's an update. They've been suspended, I guess, due to weather. Uh, But they're about to come back, so we'll let you know where he is, and we'll wrap up another week of Pirate Radio Live. Game Week Eve, when we return, will be, what, three, four days away from kickoff. Unbelievable. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap it up over there. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market for today. It was another good day. The Dow was up 242 points and closed at 35,455. The Nasdaq was up 154 points at 15,432. And the S&P was up 39 at 4,509. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. I'll try to add a little bass to yeah, it's it's this is a sweet little ditty right here. Sweet little ditty for you teeny boppers in there. Yeah. Uh we have a cancellation in the NFL preseason. Already? Don't tell me it's the Panthers. What if I did? Tony's gonna be upset. I would cry. <laughs> Why? Uh it is not COVID related. Huh. It is hurricane related. Hurricane. Hurricane Ida has led to the cancellation of Cardinal Saints. What are you laughing at? It's no laughing matter. No, 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 Shirley, no. Shirley, this is serious. This is very serious. Stop laughing, Shirley. <clears throat> I am <Shame> serious. <laughs> I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. No, uh, no, it just the name Ida, because immediately my my head popped, uh, the song popped into my head. It was an old camp song that had the, had the word Ida in it. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's just random. Would you like to share with the class the, the song? Oh, God. Uh, no, that's okay. No, I got to remember how it goes. It's, Ida. 
No, it's something like, um, what's your name, little girl? No, what's your name, little boy? My it's name a is Vinny song? No, it's it's an old, old, old camp song. It's uh, what's your name, little boy? My name is Lemmy. Lemmy, what little boy? Lemmy, kiss ya. What's your name, little girl? My name is Ida. Ida, what little girl? I don't wanna. Well, I thought you say Idaho. Uh, no, <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been funnier, except this is a church camp song. So. Oh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> uh, hurricane Ida. When are we going to get our Eastern North Carolina hurricane? Like week one of ECU South Carolina? We've been, golly, we have been college, lucky, man. Oh, was, it's coming. It's always like around football season. We had two while I was in college. We had uh, my freshman year, the Navy game was supposed to be played on a Thursday night. A hurricane. I want to say it was Hurricane Matthew came through. Then we played Navy later in the year on a Saturday. That's when Zay Jones um, got the all-times reception um, leader. And then my junior year, we were supposed to play Carolina. That was when we wore the decals on the helmet against, uh, <clears throat> I believe it was uh, ODU. What decals? It was the it was the state of North Carolina and oh, South Carolina yeah. together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Remember so it that. happened twice while I was in college. You know, it, right there in September. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. I well, mine, my 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 senior year, uh, I went through Hurricane Fran, and that was brutal because we were without power for an entire week. We had to have cookouts every day, so the cafeteria didn't lose a bunch of food. It was. It was wild. What a way to end the show. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for the downer, sorry, folks. Yeah, sorry for the downer on a Friday afternoon. Here's an upper. We are less than or at six days away from kicking things off. East Carolina and Appalachian State Thursday. will be with you 3.30 Thursday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll be with you Monday, 3 o'clock, back inside the Players' Lounge. We'll hear from Holden Aylers, Rajay Harris, Tyler Sneed, C.J. Johnson, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, and D.J. Ford coming up Monday on Pirate Radio Live. Shirley, Chandler, see you fine folks Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday at 3 on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.